Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Americans have a choice right now between two paths. My plan, attacks inflation and grows the economy. (laughs) The other path is the ultra-maga plan to raise taxes on working families and give break after break to big corporations and billionaires. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. It gets the people going. A lot of these policies that the ultra MAGA wing, the MAGA king, all the different terminology where uh, the president's using out there does not align with where the vast majority of the public is. (laughs) The king has returned. You are fake news. Let's go, Brandon. Very Let's go, Brandon. I agree. You talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. Jeez. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Well, uh, at a time when seemingly nothing can save this president's polling numbers, there it is right on cue. An awfully convenient white supremacist mass shooting Mm. he can capitalize on politically and blame his political opponents for. Uh, And actually, if you read the manifesto, that's false. The shooter said he is not a fed, (laughs) not a glowy confirmed within the manifesto itself. And who would question uh, that sort of reliability? Whatever the truth is here. An 18-year-old shoots up a grocery store, killing 10, uh, apparently deliberately targeting black people. And uh, in apparent retaliation for the Waukesha massacre last year, uh, one, of course, was merely an accident. This one is a domestic terrorist attack, and you will be hearing about this one for months. We will go through all the info as it stands this evening. Two of them were white. Why did he, why did he kill the white people if he, if he just was targeting black people? Uh, I don't know. He he uh, <clears throat> presumably maybe they tried to intervene. I know there was a security guard involved in all of this, but I don't know. I don't know what exactly the interactions between all the people were, but um, totally oh, not a fed, though. We will talk about the manifesto. Originally, there were some points <clears throat> in it that I wanted to discuss. We will still discuss them, but I had prepped you know, certain points in the manifesto that I think are relevant. Just before live, I was suspended on Twitter for 12 hours with no explanation given. And I think it was for sharing the link to the manifesto last night. 
So I'm going to be very careful about what I show, which will be basically nothing from the manifesto, though we will talk about it. Uh, Joe and Jen struggle to uh, talk their way through another disastrous inflation report, but they settle on inflation is our strength and watch out for that ultra mega mega king. So excellent communications coming from the White House. We do have some updates on the Supreme Court abortion story decision of some sort coming down from the Supreme Court in the morning. Could it be? The road decision, maybe, but we have more to say about how that all that is developing as well. Um, we will also give our thoughts double movie review tonight because we will review uh, Dinesh D'Souza's new movie, 2000 Mules, or at least uh, give our thoughts on um, what, uh, well, what you can conclude and maybe what some of the flaws in the movie are and all of that. So uh, that'll be in the back half of the show. And then we have hoax, hate, surprise, cringe. And tonight's movie review is the outlaw Josie Wales. So stick around. It will be a jam packed show this evening. And of course we will catch up with your super chats in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good low down money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can before 1130 PM Eastern. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's Matt Christensen media. Dot com. We have the show store up over there. We have shirts, we have hats, we have mugs, we have it all. Plus, we have great offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. Of course, this week's feature business is our friends over at Western Razor Company. Everyone knows how many options there are out there for shaving products, but they all seem like they come with huge compromises. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates that hate you. Well, not anymore. I'm talking about the new high noon safety razor from Western Razor. Not only is it made in America, but it uses widely available double edge razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America dating back to the 50s and the 60s until the big razor companies figured out they could make uh, more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method made out of 100% metal in the USA. Western Razor's high noon razor is a fantastic way to buy American and actually <laughs> save money long term. Get 10% off your entire order from Western Razor using promo code MATT10. That's 10% off Western Razors with promo code MATT10. You can find everything you need from Western Razor, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener owned businesses like Charity Swipes. Phoenix Ammunition, uh, Sonoran Defense Technologies, Hero Soap Company, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners. All right. Uh, a couple of quick announcements. Hey, happy show anniversary. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, episode zero, the show before it was even a show, was May, May 8th, 8th. Yeah. 2016. Mm -hmm. So episode one, the first official episode, was May 15th. As in today's date, 2016. That makes an even six, six years. years. Uh, thanks for uh, taking another trip around the sun with us and for helping the show last way longer than it ever should have. We appreciate it very much. That is so true. Every year I'm like, well, this is going to be the last year. And we just keep going. <laughs> and here we Everybody are. keeps watching us get older, yeah. which is you know, good for you, worse for me. Well, and we debatable. just keep doing it. <laughs> uh, if you uh, would like to have a, a place to watch or listen to the show away from the ever present threat of Queen Susan Wiki Wiki. I keep mentioning Odyssey because they keep improving 
their uh, capabilities and tech over there. They did have some buffering issues with the live stream. They they fixed that, not just for us, but for their whole platform. So if you would like to escape the reign of Susan uh, and her censorship kingdom, you can head on over to Odyssey uh, as one of those ever-improving options. Of course, uh, the live show is also available on Rumble and DLive as well. And a couple of quick listener meetups before we get to the news. Uh, That's a let's big see. one. This is Austin. Yeah, this, this is Austin. Uh, I'm told there were six newcomers at the meetup. We're very, very glad to hear about newcomers. Help yourself to the Kool-Aid over in the corner. It's fresh and delicious. Look at that beard. That is a good one. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so glad to see Austin uh, had a good turnout. And then uh, some kind of... Um, Fantastic seafood cookout, I guess, in Houston. Yeah, it's like crawfish. See a little teeny baby. Uh, yeah, congratulations. I, I totally missed that. But your eagle eyes for that sort of thing mm-hmm. caught it. Um, as a reminder, if you'd like to find uh, listeners of the show in your area, you can find them using the info on the community page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash community. Now into uh, the news. Hey, Randy Weaver died. Uh, I know of Ruby Ridge fame. Do we have not much for details here, but at least a little info. I was reading about Ruby Ridge today, although I'm not going to give too much of a rundown to our audience because I'm sure everybody's super familiar with it. But did you know that the Weaver family had taken in another kid, just like a friend of the family that was um, in distress, that was the same age as his son. And they, they together were hunting in the woods with their dog when the standoff began. Really? The kid is fine, but Sam Weaver was killed. Yeah, I didn't know that detail. Yeah, they, by all accounts, they were a very nice, normal family in Naples, Idaho. Um, for those of you that, that don't know about Ruby Ridge, you should read up on it. It's one of the worst things our government has done. And then Waco shortly thereafter. But <laughs> They um, took some of the same people straight off to Waco. In fact, yeah. the sniper who shot, the FBI the sniper Hawaiian who shot. The guy, he, he yeah. also did, did Waco. And he 80 people Waco. were killed in Waco. 21 were yeah. children. Um, but Randy Weaver, you know, he just didn't want to deal with the government. People say he was paranoid or whatever. But he said that the government was going to start trying to kill Christians. He was a little bit ahead of the game. Okay. <laughs> Predicted a little bit, but he he mostly was right about everything. Um, And uh, he basically got entrapped into sawing off two shotguns because he was really short on cash. He did, you know, hook up with some Aryan Nation fellows, but I think it was mostly for just trade. As far as I can tell, he wasn't a a white nationalist or anything like that. Well, mostly he committed the great crime of trying to disappear into the woods and be left alone specifically by the government. And you cannot. You cannot do that. That is. That is a crime that will be brought to justice. And so the FBI and the ATF brought it to justice, at least in their eyes. Yeah. So they abandoned the rules of engagement and uh, sniped his wife, who was holding their baby and his son and the dog. And his daughter announced on Facebook this week that he has died. No, no reason was given, but he was 74. So, you know, all bets are off. Hmm. I'm guessing government sniper, but it might have just been old age. I'm guessing uh, government sniper with a coronavirus tipped round. They, <laughs> that's how they did him in. Mm. I'm guessing. They, surely they found a way to count him as a corona death in the end. I guarantee you that. Yeah, really. Well, rest in peace, Randy Weaver. You did a lot for this country. Well, uh, we will get to some of the White House's communication struggles later in the show. Of course, um, what they could do to solve these issues is lean more heavily on expert communicator Kamala Harris, champion of profound articulation. Kamala was opening a special climate meeting at the State Department on Friday and 
even though our changing climate is a major and complex problem, she has it all figured out. If we just work together, together, we will work on this by <laughs> working together. Count the times. That is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on to galvanize global action. With that, I thank you all. This is a matter of urgent priority for all of us, and I know we will work on this together. All right, I'm sold. The worst thing about that was that it was a prepared statement. I think it was. And uh, the, the best reply, there are a lot of good replies on Twitter, but the best one is like she says, uh, it says she it's like she's faking a book report on a book she never read, which is exactly yeah. how it sounds. And uh, if you counted, that was five references to um, working together, almost a sixth. She said work, but not together in under 35 seconds. So she's using the same phrase on average every seven yeah. seconds. She also talks about galvanizing things together. So I think that that that's might be a sixth basically work together. Yeah. Uh, And yes, um, this uh, oratory excellence is captured in the official White House transcript. They didn't even bother to try to clean it up like they do with Joe's messes sometimes. Uh, Speaking of um, of White House messes. You know, if if only they could be as artful as Kamala with um, their scapegoating, the White House is. um, is becoming very masterful in their ability to blame everyone uh, else for problems that they clearly have directly created or at least play a direct role in. Uh, one such example is the ongoing ba- uh, baby formula shortage, uh, a problem caused at least in part by the FDA's ongoing management of this supposed contamination at a, a, a major plant that makes baby formula. Of course, the, uh, the White House plans to go after the price gougers. The baby formula price scoungers, just like Nancy Pelosi wants to ban high gas prices coming in a bill in Congress this week. Uh, the White House and the FDA uh, could do a, a, a much better job, it turns out, if you if you damn greedy moms would stop formula hoarding. That's the latest Ooh. scapegoat. Greedy moms. But if you are a parent who's looking for formula right now, struggling to find what you need, do you have even a rough guess of how long these shortages are going to last? Well, we've already seen an increase in supply over the past couple of weeks. What we are seeing, which is an enormous problem, is hoarding. Uh, People hoarding because they're fearful. Uh, That is one element of it. And people hoarding because they are trying to profit off of fearful parents. Really? Who's the biggest hoarder? Is it the federal government? <laughs> Tucker had a really good uh, piece on that this week. Yes, and did. Um, and yeah, that's that's the hilarious part. Of course, it's not just untrue. In fact, the opposite is true, as in the government is a major hoarder of uh, baby formula. So the government operates this WIC program that is the largest purchaser of baby formula in the country. Women, infants and children, this program. The, uh, the states award a contract to a baby formula producer and provide a voucher to the program beneficiaries. The government then gets a kickback from the use of those vouchers. So the formula producer effectively pays the government to maintain a near monopoly because all of those con- or a lot of those contracts went to Abbott, which is this uh, major producer in Michigan that the FDA has been cracking down on. 
Uh, that plant has been closed for months now. WIC participants must now buy competing products and are doing that all at once. So that's a major piece of the uh, of the problem here. And then how else is the government hoarding? Well, they're hoarding at least small stockpiles at the border. F- photos emerged this week of a uh, of, of plentiful formula at a processing center uh, center in McAllen, Texas. But say the uh, the fact checkers. Well, that's way different. Um, and, and that's OK, because by law, illegal immigrant moms have to be given formula at the border. So there's no such law to protect you. Yeah, uh, really. Sit down, hoarder, and wait it out while the illegal moms at the uh, border with Mexico get their due. Ugh, good Lord. So we'll, we'll watch and see if this uh, how long this lasts. But, you know, of course, this plays into a lot of the other food shortages we've seen and just bizarre food production events. Uh, we've seen what happened with uh, the chicken and the avian flu. We've seen what happened with planes crashing into food processing centers. And so for Jen Psaki and the rest of them to get up there and say, well, you know, this this baby formula shortage is really a surprise. Bullshit. It was discussed months ago, but Multiple also times CNN. The government has a huge program in which they operate directly with this plant. There's no way this comes as a surprise as a surprise to them. But that's what we're supposed to believe. Uh, we've seen that CNN has had a rough time lately with CNN plus, of course, getting canceled under a month into live operation and reportedly hundreds of employees were laid off as a result of that move. Well, it turns out those employees didn't get a graceful exit either. They got a very fitting departure from the most trusted name in layoffs, though. According to the Wall Street Journal, many of these laid off workers received not severance packages, but Welcome packages from <laughs> CNN. You're fired, but here's some CNN branded pens. Um, the package included CNN branded gear, including, yes, pens, headphones, food containers, popcorn makers, and more. CNN said the gifts were sent by mistake. Whoops. Hey, that, that's what you get for accepting a job at CNN. I don't know what you expected. All right. Um, Last thing here before we'll talk about the shooting, but uh, recall last week we enjoyed the legendary rage of Anna Kasparian about uh, over at the Young Turks, of course, about the prospect of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade updates uh, on that story later. But not to be outdone, uh, Cenk Uger made a similar scene of himself this week, accusing Joe Rogan of sleeping with transgender people and uh, apparently urging those transgender people to come uh, come forward and make themselves known. By the way, if you're the trans person or several people that slept with Joe Rogan, can you let us know? Because it's obvious that it's personal for him. Okay, Joe, you slept with a, a, a person like that. There's nothing wrong with it. Get over it. Get over it. Get over it, Joe. It's super obvious that you're super into trans people. And you're taking it out, your hatred of yourself on them, and you're making their life dangerous. <laughs> I, what uh, what caused this? It's just stuff that he's sa- he said about trans people. So apparently in a recent episode with uh, Gad Sad, I, I think that was the episode. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But uh, yeah, Gad Sad uh, a rec- uh, last week, Joe Rogan was talking about these allegations of groomer teachers. Right. And Joe's quote was, there's a lot of fucking crazy people who want to be teachers. Someone once said to me or read this, uh, the term groomer. A lot of people don't like that term online. They're very upset, but they're real. There are groomers. You don't like it. 
Uh, do you not like it because you don't want children to be groomed or do you not like it because it's a pejorative against the left, which I think is more likely. So Jenks reaction was to say Joe Rogan clearly has some personal. That's it. Animosity against trans people because he must have slept with trans people. To be fair, if you thought you were sleeping with a chick and then later you found out it was a dude, wouldn't you hate trans people? Well, uh, as we often reference in the claim of the trans genocide that's brought up at least annually in the context of Trans Remembrance Day, a uh, huge bulk of them tend to be uh, sex encounters gone wrong. Yes. Uh, it's su- surprise, surprise equipment that uh, maybe a John was not counting on when he made a deal. That sort of thing. Well... Uh, there's no evidence of that, though. I, I, it's a real stretch, hmm. real stretch here. Well, we'll see if those videos come out. Uh, of course, Jenk has been begging for Joe's attention for a little bit of time here. Recall last year he challenged Joe Rogan to a fight that has yet to be realized. Everyone wanted to see it, but it has yet to happen. Uh, in response, Jimmy Dore said on Twitter, uh, if you are... He said, if you are a horse who's had sex with Jenk Uger, please contact me. This, of course, <laughs> this of course a reference to a 2013 clip of Jenk saying earnestly, you know, I, I'm not going to rip a guy for saying something ridiculous. God knows there are plenty of ridiculous statements uttered on this show each and every week. But Jenk said, not even joking, in earnest, uh, I don't think it bestiality should be, I guess, a crime or even a moral problem if the horse enjoys it. You can go back and watch that clip. Even Anna is like, dude, what the hell? Giving so. him the side eye like during her. Chang was giving her the side eye during a freak out last week. <laughs> well, except for he praised her last week. Anna at least pushed back uh, in that situation. But Cenk yeah. praised her rage. If only the media would have one percent of the rage. Of passion. Yeah. OK, uh, let's talk about the big news of the weekend, which, of course, then as we'll get to, it's one of several shootings actually within the last week or so. But the the major shooting of the weekend is this one in, in Buffalo. So let's just start with with uh, what we know about, you know, the deaths, the injuries, status of the shooter, all that. Yeah, this was yesterday afternoon. This white gunman, 18, Peyton Gendron. Am I saying that right? I often read things and I've never heard anybody in the news say the last name. And so I listen to my own media report and I've just been saying it correctly the entire time. It looks like it's correct to me. Um, In military gear, he drove three hours and attacked shoppers uh, and workers at a supermarket in Buffalo, killing 10, wounding three others. 11 of the 13 victims were black. He started in the parking lot, um, worked his way into the store, um, heavily armed tactical gear and a helmet. And then he surrendered to Buffalo police after threatening to shoot himself in the neck, which is strangely specific, you know, hmm. in and in, in the manifesto, he <clears throat> said, I, if I'm taken alive, I will, I will plead guilty in court. So yeah, he's pleading not guilty. So yeah. Uh, did you catch it was live streamed as we'll get to this, has a lot of parallels, not just implied parallels. It this guy was inspired and motivated by Brenton Tarrant, the express parallels, yeah. the Christchurch <laughs> uh, mosque shooter in New Zealand. And so what he did looks almost identical. I mean, we're talking like looks like he's got a whole kit on, as in armor, helmet. Um, he's got rifles in his car, uh, or a rifle, I should say. Did you see any of and and? the biggest parallel is he was streaming from a, a GoPro or a camera on his person. Yeah, yeah. Did you see any of the streaming footage? A little bit. And it just seems like he, he ripped off all of Brenton Taren's tactics, right? It it's probably the most direct copycat you can think of. 
I I've seen the only actual I've seen screenshots. The only actual footage I've seen that's still out there uh, that was circulating on Twitter is just him driving up and you can see him driving kind of around the grocery store parking lot. And he just says, all right, I'm doing it. This is it. And he puts the car in park and grabs a rifle that's in the passenger seat and apparently just well, goes to That was to like the Brent and Taron footage, though. Oh, no, he had a lot of footage from inside the mosque, didn't he? Oh, yeah. The the Brent and Tarrant footage is, the as far as I'm aware, the most graphic, graphic. high-quality right, mass right, shooting right. footage that exists. And I've not seen anything. I deliberately didn't watch a lot of that, but I do remember him had having the GoPro in his car and getting out of the car and saying, some, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it looks a lot like that. Uh, and also, oh, surprise, surprise, he was uh, known to his school as a potential threat uh, about a year ago. Yeah, um, June 2021, the police in Broome County were called by officials of his high school that told them that he had threatened violence um, in comments made to fellow students. And he, he said to other students that he was going to do a shooting either at a graduation ceremony or sometimes after, sometime after. And so I guess um, the protocol here is to do a mental health evaluation, which it seems um, he passed because nothing really came of it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, and that was strictly like a school investigation. Law enforcement didn't get involved, it doesn't look like? No, law, th- law enforcement did get involved. Oh, did they? Um, okay. But they were the ones that issued a, a mental health Got it. check requirement because that's state law. Oh, okay. And counseling, yeah. All right. And, okay, I mentioned at the top of the show that there are Waukesha parallels here or Waukesha involvement, not just because they're similar stories of massacres, but because it appears... Um, this guy actually wrote the the names of at least one victim, potentially more of the Waukesha massacre on his actual rifle handguard. Yeah. In the footage, they said you could see um, the name of Virginia Sorensen, and she was one of the dancing grannies from, mm-hmm. from Waukesha that was killed. Uh, you saw that there were other names on it. This was the only report that I saw. It just looks like under... Her name, there's additional text, but I don't know what that is. What, so what it says, yeah. I'm just speculating there might be more names, but we know of at least one. But we should talk about the manifesto. That probably gives us the most information. Yeah. Um, okay. So as I mentioned, I was I had intended to kind of go through the manifesto here and some specific textual citations that I think are relevant. But I have a high level of, uh, well, I don't have much confidence that YouTube is actually going to allow me to show any of the text. So in the interest of preserving the show and avoiding the acts of Susan WikiWiki, I will simply discuss. And um, of course, I won't link to the manifesto either. The one link I did have that I think Twitter punished me for has been taken offline since. Um, But the main themes of the manifesto are white genocide and white replacement. So the idea being that that white people are being uh, intentionally replaced by immigrants and other races. And this is a theme that's you know borrowed uh, in large part from Brenton Terrence's uh, manifesto and uh, as well. Uh, but he says the uh, the attack, he says specifically, the attack is motivated by anti-immigration, anti-ethnic replacement and anti-cultural replacement views. The attacker also describes him himself as an anti-Semitic, uh, eco-fascist national socialist. So I, I believe Brenton Tarrant had the same kind of, he called himself, uh, th- this particular shooter said um, green nationalism is the true nationalism and a, and a prerequisite for white nationalism. It's interesting. Brenton Tarrant said exactly the same thing. Okay. 
So so fundamentally, he the, called himself an eco terrorist, didn't he? Something like that. I can't remember. But this term eco nationalism, I think, also applied in that case. But fundamentally, this guy's beliefs, it goes on and on for oh, 180 pages um, that specifically Jewish people have organized a plot to replace white people and are enacting it. And he gives us he gives a specific uh, shout out to Brenton Tarrant, the Christchurch mosque shooter, multiple times, as well as Anders Brevik, the Norwegian bomber and mass shooter as well as Dylan Roof, the Charleston, South Carolina shooter, among others. And so as far as how he arrived at this uh, this worldview, he says he first started reading slash poll on Reddit uh, in 2020, which led him to other sites like the Daily Stormer, which led him to discover Brenton Tarrant. Uh, this is how his views developed, apparently. <laughs> Plot's like, thank God my name. I wasn't name dropped. <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> So I really bad. loved her videos until she stopped making them. I know. <laughs> as far as the weapon, he legally purchased a New York compliant AR-15 at a shop in Endicott, New York. New York compliant, meaning it had a fixed 10 round magazine and other uh, features. He said um, he then illegally modified the rifle to accept detachable mags. So for okay. non-gun people, what that means is the rifle originally had a 10 round magazine affixed to it. It was not a magazine that just pops out and is released through his own modification. He removed that and, and assembled the parts to allow the rifle to accept a normal detachable magazine like any AR would. That's a, he bought the rifle legally in New York in a New York compliant way and modified it himself, which I'm sure was incredibly difficult. He kind of describes the process in the manifesto. Uh, he needed like a couple tools from Home Depot and, um, you know, a, a magazine that he that yeah. you can order on the Internet for 10 bucks. Uh, he he put in the manifesto, quote, I had to buy a cucked version of this gun before illegally modifying it. OK, he also mentions having a, a Mossberg 500 shotgun and a Savage Axis bolt action rifle, though. I'm not sure he actually used those. Did they say in any of the reporting? I don't know. In the video I saw, he grabs the rifle. In the screenshot that we saw with the name of the Waukesha woman, he's using a rifle, obviously. But in the manifesto, he discusses a couple other guns. Um, He says in the manifesto, he knows this attack will cause uh, politicians to try to take away the rights of the people, including your Second Amendment rights. He says he supports the Second Amendment. and, um, And those that claim to support the Constitution and the Second Amendment will soon have to prove it. So... He's not necessarily saying I'm doing this with the intent of them going after you, but he does say uh, something to the effect of if you are serious about actually defending the Constitution, get ready because they're coming for it. Yeah. And if all of this sounds like Fed talk, no way. He says explicitly, I am not a Fed or any other type of false flag. (laughs) I wish I could show the quote, but he says, who knows, though, Uh, maybe it's the two shots of the covid vaccine juice that made me do it. He says in the manifest. So double vaxxed, I guess. The only piece of the manifesto I'm going to show at great risk from Queen Susan Wiki Wiki. It's hard to know what's serious and what's not in the manifesto, if anything is serious or authentic at all, because there's clearly trolling within it. This is page three of the manifesto. My most recent self pictures are below. And there's Sam, Sam Hyde with the AK. <laughs> There's some good trolling in this. I mean, I can't deny that I smirked and chuckled when I opened the PDF and scrolled a few pages in and there it was. I thought, are they who's going to be the first of the media to publish these photos and say, 
This is it's the shooter. Sam Hyde. Yep. To their it's credit, I don't Hyde. think anyone bit on that bait. Not that I've seen. Well, geez, they shouldn't be by now. How many times not. has this happened? It has to be a half a dozen times. Yeah, it's, by now. it's it's been a lot. Now, as far as why he chose this target, you'll see the AP headline here. Buffalo shooter targeted black neighborhood officials say, well, it's not just officials say it's also the manifesto says in the manifesto. He says uh, that the zip code, this particular zip code that he chose has the highest black population mm-hmm. near him. And the other thing they they won't mention about his motivation he says he chose to stay in New York specifically because their heavy gun laws make it easier for him, knowing any legally armed civilian is limited to 10 round magazines or, quote, cocked firearms. Duh. This is so fetty. This is so glowy. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, people were circulating a story on Twitter earlier today. I, I have not evaluated it for myself, so it could be complete bullshit. But apparently the FBI was accused in 2018 of grooming a schizophrenic 18 year old for similar really? type of actions. I don't know. Mm. Shooting from the hip Twitter claims. So don't quote me on that. But I, I will. I would like to look into that later because, you know, uh, not that I am trying to deny this as what it appears to be. I mean, I, it's it's a horrific event. And if it. Whatever the motivations are, you don't get to go shoot people up. All right. It's that's clear as day. It doesn't need to be debated. But we However, know from the Gretchen Whitmer thing that the FBI does stuff like this. And we also know that even authentic, horrible events are politically maximized. So, yes, one way or another, this is the federal government's fault. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, we have so many uh, high testosterone youth that have nothing to live for. I'm surprised that something like this doesn't happen uh, once a week. To his point on why he chose to stay in New York, I didn't see any report of any sort of armed civilian intervention in this case. Did you? I, I'm guessing not. Sorry, At, I was about to see it. After the snooze. No, no armed civilian, anything like that. Okay. Well, you know, these politicians to the point on never, um, never letting a great opportunity go to waste. <laughs> They're at it uh, already. Of course, Kathy Hochul does it almost every day. So maybe this isn't even out of the norm at all. But she's providing the exact sort of reaction that the Shooter's Manifesto says uh, they would. And um, so Governor Hochul is is calling for what else? Stricter censorship on social media and national gun laws in the form of assault weapons bans and other restrictions. Really? Yeah. This spreads like a virus, and that's why I'm calling on the CEOs of all the social media platforms to examine their policies. They have to be able to identify when information like this, the second it hits the platform, it needs to be taken down because this is spreading like wildfire. I also have a responsibility to make sure that we protect people with respect to guns. And we have some of the toughest laws in America on the books here, but the guns are coming in from other states or the enhanced magazine, which is exactly what happened here, the high capacity magazine that led to the slaughter of people in my hometown. We need national laws to deal with this, as well as the unfettered sharing of hate information on the internet. That is a lethal combination. The enhanced well, magazine. That, that's why I'm chuckling. It was enhanced. It, it's a piece of plastic with a metal spring in it. Calm down, lady. Uh, but her, her point needs clarification there. The shooter, com- again, the shooter complied with New York's existing assault weapons ban when he bought the rifle legally in New York, as described in his own manifesto. 
National assault weapons ban would have done nothing. That rifle is still on the rack at the store because it has your precious fixed 10 round magazine. And I presume it had, you know, whatever the stupid grips are and all the other nonsense furniture that come with a ridiculous California or New York compliant uh, rifle. So her call for national law does nothing. The guy bought the rifle in New York. He would still buy that rifle in New York. Yeah. When Hochul talks about crossing state lines, again, any movement of guns across state lines as far as possession, whether it's sale, transfer, must be handled through a licensed dealer. Had this guy bought a, a rifle out of state to do it legally, it, he, he could try to go to Pennsylvania and buy a rifle. But what would happen? That dealer would ship it to another dealer in New York, and that dealer in New York would administer a background check and check for compliance with New York state laws right. and say, sorry, this is not a New York compliant rifle. I cannot give this to you. Mm-hmm. Or he could just get the rifle and transfer it across state lines illegally. But that's the point, Kathy. The laws don't really stop don't, the people from trying to do anybody, this. Yeah. When she's talking about crossing state lines, she's talking about getting a magazine. Understand. Oh, he crossed state lines to get an enhanced magazine. It is $10, if that, worth of plastic and a metal spring. And if you think you can ban such a thing, good luck. They good exist luck. in the millions and they're also incredibly easy to make. People have been 3D printing them for, for oh, years. Yeah. And they work reliably. I was watching YouTube videos earlier today of people shooting on full auto with 3D printed mags. Not a, not a single malfunction. So if you think that banning of those scary 30-round plastic magazines is going to do a damn thing, good, good luck. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse with whatever she said about social media. She says at one point there in the interview... Social media needs to make sure that that the instant that any material like this manifesto hits their platforms, it's deleted. How could How? they possibly do that? I, I, I can't imagine a situation in which you have a platform in which anybody is free to post, but an algorithm so fast it identifies 180 pages of hate text on a moment's notice. And, and it would have to also be so smart because his at least the copy of the manifesto that I got is like 28 megs of a PDF, meaning that you're not going to post that as like an image file on Twitter. You have to link it to, in this case, it was a Google drive file. How would Twitter evaluate what a bad link is? Uh, not just scanning the PDF text, but right. And it was so quickly removed anyway. Like I, by the time I had started working on the show, I couldn't even access it. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, I saw it like early evening last night and it was gone by the time I looked today. So, uh, okay. Biden has also reacted he issued a statement. I guess he gave some speech today in which he had a, a little bit more commentary, but he offered a written statement last night and he called this an act of domestic terrorism, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. It's violence with a political motive. However, um, you may remember that certain events like the Waukesha attack and the New York subway shooting are not similarly called acts of domestic terrorism, despite similar racial sentiments expressed online prior to the event. Um, and, and the Justice Department is pledging to investigate this event as a, a hate crime, a federal hate crime because of the racial motivations. And again, uh, the DOJ, as far as I'm aware, not making any sort of similar investigation in, in Waukesha. Uh, and they are involved. The feds are in the New York subway shooting, but only to the extent that it was a transportation issue, not because of the racial sentiments that Frank James, I think that was his name, right? Frank, whatever. The subway shooter, James Franks, something, something like, like James Franco, uh, something. <laughs> it was too, Jesse too James brother, Frank, one of those guys. 
just you know, again, very convenient um, for for their needs that that these things are federal investigations when they want them to be. It's domestic terrorism when they when they want them when when they want it to be. And uh, you can be confident again from the manifesto. He he says explicitly in there, I'm not a Fed. This is not a false flag. You can believe me, guys. So I guess you'll have to take his word for it. Or, you know, maybe uh, this is just it's just that time to engage the chaos and, and the distractions. I mean, I'm not going to obviously I'm not going to allege that everything that's happening right now is some orchestrated sideshow or some key dangling event. But there were a lot of shootings that happened not just in the last week, but specifically in the last couple days or even within the last few hours. Milwaukee, 21 people wounded downtown in three separate yeah. shooting incidents yeah. just reported within the last few hours. One dead, five injured at a, a shooting at a church in Laguna Woods, California. Details still emerging. That was just a few hours ago in Chicago. Three shot, one dead at a uh, at a park, though. I suppose that's pretty typical weekend activity. Uh, it's actually way down in Chicago. But yeah, really. Again, just as we we'll, as we're going to get into after this for a president that is in desperate need of anything to be a distraction. This certainly will become mm-hmm. the distraction. It's not me saying that it's invented. I'm just saying, watch how they all get attracted to this, like moths attracted to a flame or something. I know. Oh, don't it look, seems don't like look. no one's really talking about Ukraine anymore. Oh, we'll get to Ukraine. I mean, <laughs> even the New York Times, as I, I love the headline in the New York Times. Hey, um, we're giving 40 billion more dollars to Ukraine. Few questions asked. Yeah. Even the New York Times is like, I don't know. We're kind of curious. Shouldn't someone ask a thing? $40 billion. And I didn't know. I suppose I should save that for when we actually get into it here. But I didn't know. You, the, the trouble with government figures is it's like a bajillion, trillion, gajillion dollars. And you, you kind of forget what scales are. Right. And we're sending as I'll, I'll save it for just a few minutes from now. But we're, we're the amount of money we're sending them is roughly equivalent to, to what we spent ourselves on our own wars annually in Afghanistan. Like where is this money disappearing to uh, foreign governments? Yeah. I mean, we can't even deal with our domestic issues. We can't keep heavy metals out of the water supply, but we're giving $40 billion to yeah. a faraway country. It's, it's just, it's just confounding. And it's, well, it's the, not confounding. I understand why they're doing it. And it's the only thing that members of Congress seem to agree on. And we're yeah, supposed really. to believe they just love Ukrainian democracy so much. They so finally much. bridge the aisle or are there interests that mutually benefit off of mm. this arrangement? Anyway, We'll get to that at the uh, the end of um, we'll talk about Joe's week here and we'll get to the end of uh, we'll get to the Ukraine stuff at the end of that. But uh, of course, the highlight of Joe's week is yet another. I was going to say record, but I guess this isn't really a record. It's come down a little bit. Inflation has uh, moderated. What are the numbers? Yeah, moderated. It's still uh, it's it's not it's not coming down per se. <laughs> it's the um, the rate of increase has slowed. The CPI yeah. increased 8.3% from a year ago. Um, and if you remove volatile food and energy prices, which is the core CPI, we talked about this a few weeks ago, it still rose 6.2%. And there were expectations of a 6% gain. Hmm. So I guess people were confident that inflation had peaked in March. No. <laughs> It's not going to happen. It's just going to continue to get worse. And workers are going to continue to lose ground. Real wages adjusted for inflation decreased 0.1% on the month, mm. uh, despite a nominal increase of 0.3% in average hourly earnings. I wonder if people are 
Okay, so hourly earnings are up 5.5%, but real earnings have dropped 2.6%. So I wonder if people are getting paid slightly more, but below inflation rates, and then they're working fewer hours. Oh, as in maybe there's more math that's going into that than just how much are you earning compared to... um, uh, compared to what the cost of your your goods are that you're buying, your goods and services. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so inflation is clearly going to keep going up. I don't know how they're going to explain this away in future months. Well, they have it all figured out. Joe and Jen and their communication team have really mastered it this week. And um, it is kind of baffling, seriously speaking, because even though it it, it is actually a um, a total disaster of a problem to try to explain because it's a total disaster of a problem it's been going on for months and months and months on end now. And it, it, um, it really hasn't changed. So you'd think they'd be able to come up with something that's kind of creative because they're not surprised by it. Even if they think that its origins are surprising. So they have to obfuscate and they have to scapegoat. And, uh, Jen Psaki does exactly that. Well, what do you want? Nobody could have seen these factors coming. (laughs) Nobody could have predicted such things. Two-thirds to even 70% of inflation data is is a result of energy prices, as a result of President Putin's invasion of Ukraine and the impact on the global energy markets. Those are all steps and impacts that I don't think anyone could have predicted a year ago. Uh, First of all, I I need to see that the data she's talking about, because I could believe that a lot of the inflation is driven by energy costs. I don't believe that rising energy costs are driven exclusively by Vladimir Putin because they were rising well before. Before that, yeah, tons of people predicted this, too. Even Trump was saying, like, we're going to have hyperinflation if we don't deal with this. Well, and their their people were saying it. You got Larry Summers, who is a former Clinton and um, Obama White House official and uh, potential uh, or candidate to be Fed chair. He was saying this is a report from CNN last May. So. You know, a, a year ago, exactly as Saki said, and she said, and, and Summers said, we're printing money. We are creating government, uh, creating government bonds. We are borrowing on unprecedented scales. Those are things that surely create more of a risk of a sharp dollar decline than we had before. And sharp dollar declines are much more likely to translate themselves into inflation than they were historically. Headline in CNN one year ago, Larry Summers sends stark inflation warning to Joe Biden specifically. Not just commenting on it, but like, dude, you listen. Nobody could have seen it coming, though. There was uh, even the Fed itself. This is from the Fed's San Francisco branch. And uh, this is from last June, again, a year ago. Some risks for higher inflation exist. More recently, the prices of Higher risk economic activities such as air travel and hotels have risen as the economy began to reopen. This this could push inflation higher as demand continues to shift back to services more broadly. Furthermore, supply chain bottlenecks could cause longer than anticipated uh, or could last longer than anticipated, pushing prices even higher for some products. I guess Jen is saying that really it's the Putin thing that was unpredictable. But as these people are explaining, Putin being the the sole or even primary explanatory factor here is preposterous. These people saw it coming before Putin was ever even considered. So, uh, but you know, whatever you think of Jen Psaki's excuse, it's still a lot better than Joe's Joe got mixed up and confused and said, actually inflation is our strength. And I agree with what chairman Powell said last week that the number one threat 
is the strength and that strength that we build is inflation. What was he even <laughs> trying to say? Togetherness, work together, together, work together. Maybe, you know, in, in most uh, Biden gaffes and nonsense talk, I can I can piece together what he means. Not that I have no idea what he was trying to say. I, I Yeah, I have no idea. I can't tell you what he actually means by that one. Uh, and and <laughs> he had another one. Jen Psaki, she says it's energy prices that are driving inflation, which is not a that itself is not a crazy proposition. Uh, and then Joe Biden says, well, uh, we at the White House have absolutely no plan for energy prices. You know, we have no plan. They have no plan to bring down energy prices today. Oh, sorry. I mean, they they have no plan that uh, they would be uh, Republicans. Republicans have no plan yeah. to bring down energy prices. But ironically, even if that's true, I would much prefer no plan to whatever Joe Biden's plan is. <laughs> Give me no yeah. plan. I'll take that. I, I totally agree. Man, what a liability he's turned out to be in the White House for them. It's, uh, you know, at some level, Biden watching has been kind of fun, even though you feel bad about it because it's like, you know, you don't go to the nursing home and laugh at the people who live there. It's not really a good person thing to do, I suppose. But at this mm -hmm. point, I mean, it, it's it's corresponding with so much suffering for all of us. It, it's so much hardship, right. so many yeah. unnecessary obstacles in all of our lives. You know, as I as I said, I, I the lesson I took from the hated movie of Life of Brian, always look on the bright side of life. I believe in that, even if you're being crucified, um, try to find something enjoyable and, and stay positive. Man, uh, it, it's the only thing I can see turning some of this stuff around is the proper electoral bloodbath coming in November. But as we'll get to, I mean, how much faith are you willing to put in that, too? None. We mm. should talk about 2000 meals, although that's not next. Um, yeah, we, we will get to that. Uh, so uh, the White House has nothing to explain any of this. They've had months to develop their communications uh, strategy. Oh, wait, wait, I got ahead of myself. There's still more. <laughs> Biden, Biden knows you're frustrated. All right. He this is. This is his other angle. He can empathize with you. He knows that you're you're frustrated. And he explains that frustration in the weirdest terms he could think of outside of his usual weird whisper bit. You gotta be frustrated. I know. I can taste it. Frustrated oh. by high prices by gridlock in Congress. The only thing that was missing was some kind of lick gesture, and it would have been complete. Terrible. I know you're Why mad. Why did I find that so disgusting? Just like that little girl whose hair I snipped. She was mad too. I could, <laughs> I could taste her anger too. Oh God. <laughs> but even that is a cop out. Seriously speaking, he's saying, I know you're frustrated by those guys over there in Congress. They can't get their act together. I know that's frustrating. No, dude, we're frustrated with, with you. you. He can't even take ownership. It's like he's trying to sympathize, empathize. He's trying to throw the voter a bone and be like, I get, I get, you know, you're frustrated, but he, even there, he can't say with me, like that. I right. have a role in that frustration. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. So the white house, as I mentioned, they have no serious strategy to explain any of this. They have had months to develop their communication strategy uh, on, on this issue and really a whole host of others that affect Americans the most. And by polling what Americans care about the most, you look at the polling. They care about inflation and economics. They don't care about coronavirus. They don't care about abortion. They care about this. Mm -hmm. 
And so they just keep deflecting and they're so desperate and lazy that they're now deflecting to the most tired dead horse scapegoat there is, which is, of course, Trump. And so now they're saying, sure, we might suck, but uh, don't forget, if it wasn't for us, you'd still have the ultra mega policies of the great MAGA king. Americans have a choice right now between two paths. My plan attacks inflation and grows the economy. The other path is the ultra MAGA plan to raise taxes on working families and give break after break to big corporations and billionaires. A lot of these policies that the ultra MAGA wing, the MAGA king, all the different terminology where uh, the president's using out there does not align with where the vast majority of the public is. It's, it's a great time for Jen Psaki to get the fuck out of here. I know, really. <laughs> and like leftists never gave any corporate tax breaks. Oh, no. These people no, are no. delusional. Thank God I don't have to stand at the podium and talk about the great MAGA king for days on end. Uh, you know, it sounds like a wrestling match or some kind of um, Game of Thrones fan fiction. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure that's going to help. Good luck with it. But this is hilarious. You, you wonder why they go with this strategy, because, again, Trump is the ultimate dead horse politically. People are not going to buy this. Trump has not been president by the time people vote for uh, uh, going on two years. People are not oh, going to vote on that basis. People are totally going to buy this. Maybe you're hardened Democrat, but your independent voter is not going to be sold this bill of goods. Mm-hmm. But this is what's ridiculous. You wonder what the strategy is. Uh, according to Democratic strategists, they're strategizing not to mention Trump. So this is the explanation. It's important that we go for someone besides Trump because Trump's not on the ballot, said Celinda, Celinda Lake, a pollster for Biden's 2020 presidential campaign. And she does uh, focus groups with midterm voters. She says, quote, we're trying to beat Republicans in 2022 in state legislatures, uh, secretaries of state races, governor's races and congressional races. So they're saying that by talking about ultra MAGA, and the ultra mega agenda, they are avoiding talking about Trump. That's their reasoning. Hmm. This is better than just addressing Trump directly. Right. Of course, all they've done is just provide excellent meme opportunities. Uh, you know, I I know that you're not the biggest Trump fan, and I don't consider myself a super fan. However, two things. One, if this Roe thing goes the right way, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Two, yeah. you can't not like this this meme. Did you see... The return of the great MAGA King meme. Yeah, yeah. Whoever did the Photoshop did an excellent job. Uh, so th- <laughs> this, is, this is just Democrats handing Trump easy, free material. And they kind of walked into it. I mean, Trump was always like that was the joke was he was Emperor God King or whatever. They, they put this phrase out King like people are going to fear it. And I get it that I'm no fan of monarchies and Kings and all that stuff, but it's really become an appealing form of rule in these, <laughs> uh, in these really critical times, constitutional so, monarchy. I'm listening, mm-hmm. but you know, their form, I'm, I'm probably listening over their form of democracy, respect people's rights. And I'm listening, but, um, but in, I, I guess what I'm saying is Trump had already been memed this way and they've just walked right into those memes mm-hmm. and how you could not see that coming is is amazing. But uh, they get paid the big bucks and uh, maybe the way that they get paid the big bucks is because they get some kind of kickback off of Ukraine aid. I don't know. It seems like something's going on there. But yes, somebody somebody's getting 
rather wealthy these days. Um, the only other excuse that Democrats have is pushing the Ukraine distraction some more. And and bizarrely, this includes now within the last few days outright saying that the U.S. is at war with Russia in Ukraine. House Majority uh, Leader Steny Hoyer shielded Biden from criticism in the House this week on the basis that I guess that it's wrong to criticize the president during wartime for some reason. Why? It seems like a great time to criticize the president. But then Biden himself said that the U.S. is at war on two fronts, inflation at home and in defense of Ukraine's democracy. Mr. Speaker, it is unfortunate that a time of war that we spend all the time blaming our own president. Right now, America is fighting on two fronts. At home, it's inflation and rising prices. Abroad, it's helping Ukrainians defend their democracy. I mean, I guess they didn't say explicitly the U.S. is at war in Ukraine, but pretty close. I mean, that's basically what was said there. Uh, I didn't see the congressional declaration of war. Then again, I haven't seen that for several consecutive wars. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) They don't have to do that for proxy wars. Uh, Yeah. But of course, uh, I guess the best way to reduce inflation is just to print even more money and then send it over to Ukraine where um, you don't ever even see any of it, at least if you're a normal person. The Senate uh, is expected to pass another $40 billion aid package for Ukraine on Wednesday. This after the House passed it last week with, yes, three quarters of Republicans supporting it. Uh, it's it's about the only thing that the two parties can agree on. As, as I mentioned, it's it's stealing from you and, and laundering it uh, to their friends and probably themselves through Ukraine. While every idiot with uh, with a Ukraine flag emoji claps like a seal. And you know, do I have. Can I show you the exact path of the money? No, but that's kind of the point. And it's reaching such scales that we have to assume those paths exist. Yeah, because we're not we're not getting the uh, return on our war buck that you might expect, given the scale of the money that is going out. And maybe we should uh, hold up for a second and assess where that money is actually going. That's the reason the bill isn't already passed. It was briefly delayed by Rand Paul denying unanimous consent in the Senate. Uh, which would have put it on the fast track. Rand Paul wanted a provision that would require an inspector general to monitor the spending. But the idea of any oversight of the theft and laundering enrages uh, everyone. So uh, they say no. And Rand Paul will just be smeared by the media for even wanting any transparency. And Poor as I Rand mentioned, and Ron Paul, their entire lives just being the butt of jokes, but actually having the interests <sighs> of the people in their hearts. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's it. You have to wonder why people are so hostile to oversight on the spending of billions and billions of American taxpayer dollars at a time when um, we don't have a lot of those dollars to go around and printing them is uh, very disastrous to. Uh, oh, just print more money. It's fine. We'll just print more money. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the 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 scale here. Because again, you know, a million bajillion gajillion government dollars, we we forget what compares to what. Well, this, according to Glenn Greenwald uh, over on Twitter uh, over the weekend. So after 10 weeks of war in Ukraine, we have now sent $54 billion to Ukraine. And actually, I need to double check. I I think that includes this $40 billion package. I might be wrong on that. It might be plus. No, it has to. I think it does. Okay. Okay. Let me see. He put a double asterisk on that. Where's. Oh, was that just for emphasis? I was looking for a citation. Anyway, a lot of billion dollars, tens of billions of dollars. 
Just for comparison, on average, we spent $46 billion annually in Afghanistan to support our own military operations. Yeah, but that was in 2015. So $54 billion now is like a billion dollars. Oh, okay. I guess it's not adjusted. Fair. Fair point. The uh, the total Russian military budget, the entire country's military budget in Russia for the entire year, $69 billion. We have spent a comparable number in 10 weeks. If we keep up this pace, we would send Ukraine over $500 billion for the year. Now, that's speculative. We might not do that. But if we did, okay, those numbers just don't add up. Even the New York Times headline is like, okay, this is getting kind of weird. Uh, headline New York Times earlier this week. House passes $40 billion more for Ukraine aid with few questions asked. Well, where is the money going? Let's start asking the questions. Password, remember, per last week's show, password analfuck69 to log into Hunter's bank account. And find out if any of the money, it's $40 billion deposited on Wednesday, as soon as they pass this vote. This is getting absolutely absurd. And uh, the fact that people are, I shouldn't say people, I think American citizens are very interested in this. The fact that our rep, our elected representatives have apparently little to no concern or curiosity about where this is actually going is, um, well, it's a betrayal of the people for one, but to me, it's it's almost implicating. It it, it, yep. it implies to me that you have some kind of interest in the public not necessarily following this with ease. Mm-hmm. And I got to believe there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why would they do that? Mm. Somebody's getting rich. It's just not you. That's what you can be confident of. I'm sure Vladimir Zelensky has a sweet garage of cars. I bet it's yeah. very awesome. Yeah. Oh, with this crypto crash, too, I, I wake up every morning. I'm like, wow, I'm poor. You're <laughs> all poor. It happens um, so fast. My wife banned me from looking at crypto prices. <laughs> that's probably so, good. Just yeah, don't look. Yeah. For your mental health. That's, yeah, that's uh, the correct answer. All right. Uh, we are due for a break unless you have anything more to say about Ukraine or any of the other topics. I think this is going to get swept under the rug until it's a full-blown war. Uh, by that, do you mean like U.S. involvement in? Yes. I mean, I think there's a reason that it's been largely obscured in the news cycle the last mm. few weeks. Um, people aren't talking about it nearly as much as they were, but I don't think this is gone. I mean, $40 billion is a lot of money. They can do a lot of damage with that. Yeah. Well, I, I, Putin better lose very quickly for this price tag. I mean, it better be over. Uh, but um, it won't be. It, that, that's the thing is like, it's always like Ukraine is kicking Russia's ass. Also, we're giving them tons of money and tons of weapons. Also, the war drags on and uh, can't really be fi- can't really be finished. Yeah. It's just a lot of kind of incompatible premises shoved together. How bad is Bitcoin? I haven't looked in. I, I couldn't tell you. Let me know. Live chat. Uh, don't let me know. Nope, I know it's I lost. Know. I mean, since it's high in November, it's down like almost 50 percent. OK, I can live with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Let me get to the bottom of this over on uh, D live. I forgot to open the, uh, the notifications until just now. So if I missed a chat, I apologize, but I do have that open and thank you guys for, uh, for watching over there. I can uh, catch up on tippy stream if you need a moment. Are you nope, good? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, it's a 30,000. Okay. That's not too bad. Okay. I can, I can sleep tonight. <laughs> Uh, this is Holden Mulray. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, 
So you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Hmm. That's beautiful, isn't it? Yes. Thank you very much, Holden Mulray, our Bible guru. Um, Daniel Kunkel, you can feel the collective sigh of relief from the leftist media politicians, et cetera, the Buffalo shooters of white supreme pizza. (laughs) No mention about his victims being rendered defenseless by the law. Also no mention um, of his denouncing conservatism in his manifesto. Yeah, he ripped on on progressivism. There's a whole section. What is conservatism conserved and what has progressivism progressed? And his answers to both are neither. And the other angle, too, there's a whole section um, ripping on Fox News for um, certain ethnic proclivities that it may have uh, that he is not a fan of. Um, Anyway, there's no there's no fanship of Fox News or Tucker Carlson. But because he discusses the idea of white replacement, people are assigning Tucker blame for this guy. That's preposterous. I mean, he talks also about how he's a high IQ individual in the manifesto and Mm. how we need to kill George Soros and such. But then he just takes out a bunch of random people just going about their business. Well, and the, the other Saturday, thing, too, he's he's sort of self-aware because he talks about being aware that he has all these demands for his whole bit is that that people of European ancestry are not building families and not having children. And he's self-aware. He's 18. He's young, but he, he's he realizes, well, I am not. And assuming this goes the way it will. Uh, in all likelihood, he's not going to be building a family of European heritage. Right. And he, he does address that. And he says, well, it's kind of pointless. Like, I, I can't do any of that. So I'm just going to go take people out. But it's like, how can you demand that other people do this family building while when excusing you ruin yourself? That opportunity for yourself. Yeah. And then what is like some 80 year old black grandma? How is killing her going to further your agenda? This was my problem with Ted Kaczynski. It's like, if you really have. <laughs> The raw good manifesto, poor execution. Exactly. All these people. It's like like yeah. you're a man with a plan willing to give up everything and you want to talk about killing George Soros. Like then kill George Soros. Don't kill ten black grandmas. In a or hypothetical whatever. fictional novel coming out soon. Yeah, but, but what are these people doing? It's like we're we're all everybody, no matter their race, is trying to just get through their mundane piece of shit day. Like they don't want to get shot up at a grocery store. Like, if you're going to go out in a blaze of glory, like, you know, take out the right people. <laughs> I I disavow, Susan, but I understand the point that's being made. That is to say, let, let's well, I guess in his manifesto, he he does address this. He says that that he, he considers minorities to be invaders in white lands. This is what he talks about. And he's he addresses the point of um, what what would I say? I being the shooter, what would I say to the accusation that I'm targeting Innocence. And he says that no, um, no minority person is an innocent on white land that they, but black that's his logic came here by force. Well, I guess his logic is uh, go away. I, I don't know. It's it's the obviously it's sort of a fool's errand, I think, to go into this manifesto and nitpick at some of the logical inconsistencies, because someone who's crazy enough to do what he did uh, is probably going to present you with an argument that might not be satisfying. It, it, yeah, but I, I know, but but we should. We uh, the, the same problem with Brent and Taryn. It's a dangerous thing calling these people crazy, because yeah. like I mentioned well, earlier, if this I isn't mean, some glowy thing, I'm amazed this is not happening more. Um, yeah, I mean, I I do I do think he's a crazy person. Uh, anybody who's willing to do what he did, I think, is is crazy. But um, do I even want to put a butt on that? People. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll, you know, I'll get all, there should be no butt on that statement. I agree. I guess what I'm saying is 
there are points he's making throughout his writing and throughout his argument that that absent the violence are, are should be fair to talk about and and I right. think are not that I even agree with them, but their whole points, their whole series of points that are unmentionable, undiscussable. And if you want to wonder why uh, violence results, I think it's precisely because a lot of this stuff is undiscussable. And so you have an impressionable young man like this who finds himself on the Internet um, with maybe a little bit too much time on his hands and not enough people to sort of push back on the crazy ideas developing in his head. That's right. how you get this sort of violence. So for, if we're going to talk about Tucker Carlson and all these people that we blame for him. Why don't we talk about social media censorship and the building of echo chambers that creates this sort of person? And the idea that if you have a grievance with how society is operating, you can't speak it. You must bury it forever. That does create. You're telling people speech is not an option when speech is not an option. Violence is not just the option. It's it's the outcome. It's what happens. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think Timothy McVeigh, this is a small scale Timothy McVeigh situation mm. because he had um, totally legitimate grievances. He was radicalized by the federal government. He became a killing machine um, and he hated the way that uh, Ruby Ridge and Waco played out. And then his solution to that, to affect changes, to kill a bunch of like women and children in a random government building. It's like, I, I'm so sick of reading manifestos where I'm like, all right. Okay. Right on. And then, and you did what? Like, why, why would you do that? Whose mind is this going to change? Well, he said his intent was to commit this shooting, to bring attention to his manifesto and his views. And I fully, the other thing I wanted to mention, I fully understand people's view on the other side of this, that you shouldn't discuss his manifesto. You shouldn't even identify who he is uh, because we don't want to do what he wants us to do, which is, uh, is to take a look at his views from my perspective, um, I understand why people think that, but I want to know why people are committing these acts. I think that it's, to me, it's it's a little naive and, and maybe even dangerous to see events like this and say, well, we shouldn't, we really shouldn't investigate why this is happening. I want to know why this is happening, so maybe we have some kind of insight, and maybe we understand the warnings before the next one happens. If we just don't analyze that, then we don't actually we can't recognize patterns if we refuse to analyze the patterns. Well, everybody should read the manifesto every time this happens. As many people as possible should be reading these manifestos. How else do we understand the mind of somebody that does something like this? Yeah, this kid, Brett and Tarrant, there are hundreds of millions of people on the planet with that kind of mindset, with nothing to live for, with no families sure. to build that are in economic distress, that are angry, and that are secular and don't believe that this is going to send them to hell. That is a recipe for disaster. Which, by the way, this guy appears to be, too. Yeah. He talks about religion briefly and, and just mentions he he says that he he adopts certain Christian traditions, but he does not consider himself a, a, a young man of faith of any sort. Well, what are these people supposed to do? If we can understand uh, them, harness their anger and turn them into something productive in society. Well, that that is one of the great tragedies of uh, the modern era. It's the disregarding and the um, misappropriation, I suppose, of the male purpose and energy. Men generally build things or destroy things. And it's it's up to all of us as parents and members of society to harness men's energy to its proper applications. Yeah, and we exactly. don't, you think that in, if in his high school, he was competing for some like cute 18 year old girl that he could possibly marry someday. And he had grown up in a functional family and he had a family business that maybe he would inherit or something. Do you think that he would be driven to this level of, of anger 
But clearly or, not. I mean, he, he talks about going to find all the things he discovered out of sheer boredom and lack of purpose. Yeah. I didn't really have anything going for me, so I just went to poll and found my way to Brent and Taryn, and here I am. Man, Paul's going to get it, too. Not a lot to live for. I think also good described. for young men, too, because mm. it allows them to get these things out of their system anonymously. Mm. Um, we should get back to the chat, though. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, D, uh, uh, over on DLive, um, er, Herb Ever Smells. I'm sure there's something I missed there. Maybe. Herb Beaver Smells. Okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Herb Ever Smells. Thank you. That one actually did get past me. To my fiance, or Irene, Irene. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. I'm going to go with Irene. I love you. Well, uh, congratulations, guys. I, I I wish you all the best in the upcoming wedding. Okay. But she's got a stank vag. Why is he married? <laughs> That's not a nice thing to say about her. I'm just going to read through a couple on Tippy Stream. We can grab a couple more on YouTube if you want. Um, Charles Yao says, no stupid jokes uh, this <laughs> week. Just some shekels for my favorite podcast Do If it weren't for you two, I would have chosen or I would have to listen to the fart sniffing cucks over at Pod Save America. And I'd probably be gay and suicidal by now. You know, I've never <laughs> listened to an episode. I think they did a couple interviews that I might have listened to, but I've never listened in full. Uh, thank you, Charles. Phil says, RIP Randy Weaver. Ruby Ridge is the eternal reminder that the feds will never leave dissidents alone. Yeah. Try to live away from them and see what happens. Randy yeah. Weaver did his best. Eric Burns Marsh says, I will jog. I will jog everyone's memory by pointing out that 13% of grocery store customers commit 52% of the <laughs> supermarket shootings. That is Naughty. not statistically accurate in this case. Phil also says, I'm not discounting fed boy interference, but this kid from Buffalo doesn't surprise me in the least. When a people is told that they have no future, some uh, members begin to act in ways uh, that offend the propagandists. Maybe if people like Jennifer Rubin weren't publicly cheering on the destruction of white Americans and our political power, uh, the theories about <laughs> about people who deny such things well, would not hold any water. But she and many others are uh, are. And so the theories persist. Yeah, a lot of what we were just discussing that um, it doesn't mean that what he's doing is right. However, if you create conditions that give people no other options you do get very bad outcomes it doesn't justify but th there are reasons to try to understand without saying yeah. it's okay yeah. and i think we would do a disservice by not trying to understand it all moist farts <laughs> kamala kamala talks like a fag and joe's shit is retarded that's uh, a good campaign um a good campaign uh slogan for them i suppose i don't even know if i can even play that one on youtube anymore um, I, I got I've got a bunch of my Sounders band. You talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. For now, <laughs> Susan's allowing it, but a bunch of others were taken down for using the f word. All right, uh, are you good on YouTube, or should we? Uh, um, we should circle. I got tons, but we should okay. Circle back. We will come back to those later in the show. I appreciate your patience, guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Let's see. Let's get back to the news. Where did I leave? Oh, we got to talk uh, abortion and Roe v. Wade updates. That's where I, uh, that's where I left off. Where the hell is my story here? Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, as far as what, as far as what's coming on the Supreme court's pending, uh, abortion decision here, uh, the Supreme court announced it will release at least one decision tomorrow, possibly more. It's possible that the court releases some, you know, lesser known case or lesser known cases, and this drama just drags on. But I also think it's highly possible that the court releases the abortion decision 
and just says that that was their their plan, their timetable all along, that would accomplish two things. It would allow John Roberts to save face and say, yeah, this was our plan. I didn't cave to the mob. I didn't change any scheduling. And it would also get the Supreme Court out of what is a, an ever-present threatening situation for the justices. Yeah. So I could totally see it being resolved tomorrow, although I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if it's not either. Um, the justices did meet Thursday for the first time uh, since the uh, uh, leaked draft opinion. No staff, no aides, uh, just the uh, justices in a room alone. No announcement that I've seen other than the release of at least one decision coming uh, tomorrow morning, Monday the 16th. So all signs uh, are that the majority to overturn Roe remains. Earlier this week, Politico reported that none of the five justices who were originally reported to have signed on to Alito's opinion overturning Roe and Casey. Again, that's Alito, Thomas, Kavanaugh, Barrett, and Gorsuch. None have changed their votes. And neither have the three liberals. And I guess implicitly, it's been reported that Roberts is going to go with the the liberals, but Roberts, I don't know. Roberts could go either way. It doesn't matter if there are five committed. It's a done deal. Uh, earlier reporting in the Washington Post said sources close to the court told the Post that no justices had changed their votes at the time of the leak. So we've seen it reported no change when the leak was originally published. No change as of uh, early last week. It doesn't appear that there's any evidence that the justices have changed um, their mind or any reason to believe that they will absent some sort of actual assassination attempt or something like that. Right. right. Sam Alito did break his silence sort of uh, at least this is the first time he's spoken publicly since the leak. He gave a virtual speech, a speech for the uh, George Mason Mason university law school on Thursday night and was asked by an audience member whether he and his fellow justices are still on good terms after the leak. And he said a whole lot of nothing. He said, this is a subject I told myself I wasn't going to talk about uh, today regarding, you know, given all the circumstances. The court right now, we had our conference this morning. We're doing our work. We're taking new cases. We're headed toward the end of the term, which is also a frenetic time uh, as we get our opinions out. So that's where we are. Not much of any serious commentary offered there. Yeah, I just um, am eager to see what happens. Could be totally tomorrow morning. Totally in limbo morning. on this. Yeah, Could be tomorrow I know. Morning. It's just being in flux with this Twitter and the Roe v. Wade thing, which is obviously much more consequential from yeah. a moral perspective. But um, I think both of these things are important and just being being in flux with them. I don't like it. Yeah, well, and you can't let these protesters at the, the homes of these Supreme Court justices <laughs> do any more of their obviously consequential work. This is such a frustrating thing to watch because as we talked about last week, yeah, it, it this is something that shouldn't be happening. There are laws on this. It turns out in Virginia and Maryland, not just at the federal level, but they keep doing it. And it's not um, it's not uh, being there's no law law enforcement intervention, at least so far. But they keep happening on Monday. So last week we looked at Kavanaugh and Roberts house and they're just so lame. That's what's frustrating. It's like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Should, shouldn't be happening, but it's also so freaking lame they were at Kavanaugh roberts house we saw that last weekend then on monday they went to alito's and later in the week a small group of women in handmaid's tail costumes walked around <laughs> outside the home of amy coney barrett and uh and no uh they're they're not protesters they deny being protesters they are doing performance art they say and they <laughs> said some nonsense about how they're like vaccine protesters they oppose vaccine mandates or something 
What, as performance art, what is it supposed to mean or say? What? I don't even I, I think what they're doing is trying to make an excuse. They're saying we're not protesters, we're performance artists, and also we're like anti-vaccine mandate people to try to I guess give themselves give themselves some kind of excuse like to be out? doing this. But you don't have to. Nobody has as far as I've seen, nobody has come under the scrutiny of the law for doing this so far. It's like five fat chicks. Uh yeah, it, it was not not again, not an impressive turnout. And just overall completely lame. I, I don't understand who this is, what outcome this is supposed to pursue. Uh, you'll appreciate this. One of Amy's neighbors uh, gave them great advice. Why don't you crazy hags go home and uh, start a family? <laughs> Do you think it's inappropriate for them to protest in front of the house? Of course it is. Do they have the right to protest or should they be going yeah, somewhere they have else? the right to protest, but not in front of someone's house. Mm -hmm. They live here. This is where she lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So would you do you have anything to say to the protesters? Just what I just said. They shouldn't be doing this. Go home and get a family. <laughs> yeah, for real. Good for him. Well, it's hard for uh, menopausal alcoholics to go home and get a family. So good in luck. this dating environment, they could all find a man. No, maybe. I guess I should. Losing 50 pounds is not that hard. <laughs> Uh, th so there's also no evidence that Democrats are going to gain any ground. Um, uh, and it's not just no evidence. They failed to gain any ground in sort of a legislative replacement. Uh, recall Democrats were trying to do this long shot of passing a national law to make abortion available nationwide and to override existing state laws on the issue uh, as well um, as any. Uh, they, it would override existing state laws as well as any um, pending state laws so a lot of laws have trigger laws um, or a lot of states have trigger laws on the books that as soon as roe is overturned they'll have new laws that then take effect this would if it was passed and signed uh have preempted those bills but as expected the vote failed in the senate 49 to 51 all democrats except joe manchin voted in favor all republicans opposed even if Democrats had pulled Man uh, Manchin, it still wouldn't have been sufficient to clear the 60 vote filibuster threshold, which Manchin, Cinema, and uh, others have refused to undo. And so Elizabeth Warren is still very mad. She may have moved from the court steps over uh, to the congressional halls, but she's still very angry. And she's somehow implying this decision was undemocratic because, after all, Elizabeth Warren supports democracy. I believe in democracy. And I don't believe that the minority should have the ability to block things that the majority want to do. That's not in the Constitution. What we're talking about right now are the individual rights and liberties of half the population of the United States of America. I think that's enough to say it's time to get rid of the filibuster. We need to protect voting rights. We need to protect women's rights. And understand this, Mitch McConnell has made clear they're coming after everybody. So we need to do this. Get it on the board. OK. Uh, first of all, as I mentioned, that's not the minority blocking anything. The vote was once again, 49 to 51. The bill failed to achieve majority support. So even if we grant her democracy premise, it failed. Um, but more importantly, our entire country is built to mitigate 
majority tyranny. The idea of states is that they are insulated from the dictates of majorities in other states. But she does really believe in democracy. Uh, what she kind? just wants to stack it her way. I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the absence of electoral college, she believes in, you know, actual democracy. And then we have to we have to register the danger of that. She's telling us the truth. We should I'm, we should listen. I'm sure she legitimately believes in majority tyranny, especially majority tyranny that she agrees with, which would be the case here. I, I always love. Uh, hey, that's not in the Constitution. Um, well, I'm glad that you care suddenly about what's in the Constitution in the, Constitution? In the context of Roe. But number two, it is in the Constitution. See the 10th Amendment. Yeah. On issues on, on powers that aren't expressly given to the federal government. Those powers are reserved to the states and the people. So if we go with not in the Constitution, see abortion. If we go with is in the Constitution, stuff that's not in the Constitution goes to the states and the people. Glad we agree. Elizabeth Warren, welcome to the club. Her point on Mitch McConnell, who's going to take away everything from you. He as they as far as I understand, they misinterpreted a statement that he made. They're trying to say he's going to pass a national abortion ban. Mm-hmm. Even if Republicans gain a bunch of seats coming into the uh, as a result of the midterm elections here, it's not at all clear that the Republican Party would have sufficient numbers to do that, even because there's a lot of Republican resistance to that idea on the basis of what? On the basis of their resistance to Roe, that it's a state's issue to decide. I think um, that the most interesting as someone who's more on the, the state's issue to decide side of that argument, the best argument that I think the people who are in favor of a national abortion ban have is the idea that you have a 14th Amendment right to the preservation of your life. Uh, and that that can only be removed through due process of law. Obviously, fetuses have not uh, gone through due process of law before they are uh, terminated. The court has never really explained or, or taken that line of reasoning, but I don't think it's an insane one. I, I suppose for people who want to argue that abortion is in fact a federal issue, maybe there's an argument there. The only thing that makes me nervous is what distinguishes that from murder. And I wouldn't want to make all, I wouldn't want to put the federal government in charge of all murder laws for all States either. This is why we have States. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, but keep an eye out for Warren to reach final form rage tomorrow morning. When uh, the court releases an opinion or two, or perhaps we'll be sweating through this for another six weeks. It could be till the end of June. Are you optimistic? Mm, I, I, I won't be surprised if the opinion drops tomorrow morning. I could see them using that as an excuse to make everybody happy, which, as we know, Roberts loves to do. Just make everybody happy, even if it doesn't make any sense. I could totally see him doing it, but uh, that means they probably won't. Okay, let's uh, let's talk a little 2000 mules here. And, you know, I will remind our audience and ourselves, frankly, that we have to be very careful on Susan's platform about what we can and can't say. Um, But I just want to give an overview for people who maybe haven't seen it yet and sort of some of our thoughts about it. But the Hmm. idea of the movie, this is Dinesh D'Souza's movie about uh, irregularities in an unspecified recent election. The idea is this, that that research and uh, voter advocacy group True the Vote bought a huge amount of cell phone geolocation data. And they looked at the geolocation data in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, all very close swing states, of course, that together in a theoretical world in which uh, some shenanigans happened um, could swing the election result. 
And the researchers identified individuals moving between unnamed political nonprofits and ballot drop boxes. Those are the mules that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. The team also looked at available surveillance footage of drop boxes they obtained through public records requests. So through this methodology, the team says they identified 2000 mules, as the title suggests, or you know, people they allege were paid, they say, to bundle and drop ballots potentially illegally across various ballot drop sites. And the team concludes that the ballots dropped by these mules were in an amount sufficient to change the outcome of a hypothetical election of no real occurrence. Susan, uh, certainly not the most recent one that everybody knows was the freest, fairest and most secure of all time. Now, uh, as far as my thoughts on this movie, um, because the praise I have for it would come dangerously close to earning Queen Susan's axe, the praise I'm going to say is just watch it. Uh, yes, it is expensive, a little bit expensive to get it online. But it's also pretty thorough work that I think is worth supporting. And it absolutely contains video footage that is worth your time and money to see. So definitely watch it if you're at all interested. As far as some criticisms or maybe criticisms is the wrong word, but just unresolved questions. Who or what are these nonprofits? I'm guessing that Dinesh D'Souza, the producers of the movie, opted not to name them for fear of my speculation, accusations that could be defamatory. They probably don't want to open themselves up to lawsuits. But if you're alleging with confidence that these nonprofits worked in a way that changed election outcomes, as the movie does, there shouldn't be a, a real defamation fear because the truth is a rock solid defamation defense. So I'm a, I would like to know who these nonprofits they're talking about are. We don't know yet. Uh, where did the ballots come from? The movie implies that they got them from nursing homes or college campuses or uh, other places where they might be. Uh, there might be a lot of them vulnerable to theft or otherwise illegitimate uh, uh, obtaining them illegitimately. The movie's theory is that these ballots were, in fact, legitimate, but they were improperly filled out or improperly delivered. So how were they obtained? There's not a lot of conclusive evidence on how they were obtained, though. We do know. I mean, everybody has a story about. I got like five ballots in my mailbox for, from people yeah, who everyone's lived Everyone's got a story like that. Yeah. So it's, I, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'd just like to see a little, little more evidence on that front. Uh, the movie provides no hard evidence and I'll be careful there. It's not no evidence, but it's no hard evidence that the ballots were filled out or delivered fraudulently. It does look extremely sketchy and I personally have no doubt that it is. However, it, you have to note that in all of these states, delivery of a ballot by a person other than the voter is permitted. Mm -hmm. In many of these states, it's family of the voter only. Not, I don't think it's what happened, but it does leave the excuse open. Unless we know who that is and what names are on that ballot, we don't. It, it might be a guy with six brothers and sisters. It's possible. Again, not likely. Not that I'm saying that's for sure what happened. Just there are alternative explanations that the movie leaves open. And and a lot of people have commented on this. No video demonstration of a mule doing what they allege that mules do. They have the geolocation data to show people traveling between drop boxes. And it looks very sketchy considering they don't just happen to drive by drop boxes. In many of these examples, they're going to a drop box, turning around and then going back to one of these nonprofits or to another drop box. Oh, it's so obvious what's happening here. Come so, on. I'm not. I'm not saying I disagree that that or I'm not saying I don't I think that that's an unreasonable conclusion. Um, I guess all I'm saying is that 
they have video footage. They have geolocation data. They weren't able to produce an example on video of a person going from the same from one Dropbox to another. And Dinesh D'Souza's excuse for that is, well, uh, a lot. We don't. The footage was limited because of broken cameras and because of records requests that were denied or unfulfilled and all sorts of things. I have no doubt that there were all kinds of obstacles placed uh, in front of the producers of this movie. But if it's on the scale that they're talking about 2000 in these five markets, you couldn't find one. That's. I'm not saying that it it means the rest is crap, but I I guess I'm just surprised they weren't able to produce one example. Um, Bottom line, though, it is completely sketchy behavior that they have captured. Even if I want to entertain the idea that these people on video were behaving totally legally and dropping off a dozen ballots of all their brothers and sisters, there are still sketchy factors on top of that. Why are they wearing gloves and then disposing of the gloves? Yes. In in the garbage can right next to the Dropbox. It's not it's Corona. It's incredibly obvious what's going on here. It's um, so frustrating. Why are they showing up at three in the morning? Yeah. Uh, to make sure, And then looking to make sure the coast is clear. Why are they taking photos of the Dropbox after putting the ballots in the Dropbox? Is it really just an Instagram thing? Bro just voted, you know, uh, flex emoji or something like that. I, who knows? It's weird to take a, the photos that they're taking. So... Um, the fact checks, they note that there's a, a, a lack of absolute, concrete, undeniable proof, but they also fail to explain why what we're seeing is supposedly normal. It, I guess the best analogy I can think of is, let's say you have a murder and it's not on video. You don't have DNA evidence or anything like that. But there's a guy on video walking around outside the apartment where the murder took place with a knife at three in the morning. Do we have some questions about that guy? Or are we just going to say, um, no, it's a, the butcher was going to work early that day. Yeah. That's all. There's nothing to see here. This is how cases are solved. You never have all of the evidence. Yeah. You just have to look at the evidence that you have and make a decision about what probably most likely happened beyond a reasonable doubt. It's very obvious what happened here. Just so tedious to watch. (laughs) Just a couple thoughts, uh, and then I'll get to your remaining rage. Um, I think whether we want to accept the proposition in this movie that it was enough to swing the results of a hypothetical unspecified election that is not at all recent. um, It's enough demonstration to show that there are gaping holes in the system that we ran to, to, for anybody to look at what is on video there and say, mm, not a big problem. Those are big security gaps that need to be fixed in your state's voting system. If you live in one of these states, and that's why I've seen, we've seen a lot of state legislatures respond. So even if you don't want to buy into the quote unquote stolen election um, message, you can watch a lot of really sketchy behavior on video and, We should think about what our election laws and policies are. And I also don't want to be too critical of true the vote here and what they have or don't have, because it's possible that true the vote has more to show. Um, True the vote says they're going to release all 4 million minutes of Dropbox surveillance footage that they have. And um, I I sort of have trouble believing that there's something far beyond what they've already shown because I'm, I'm betting they've kind of combed through this, but that said four uh, four million minutes is a hell of a lot. That's eight years of continuous footage. So it's totally possible that they miss something and there's additional information that might be uncovered. Anyway, I've droned on and on and I can tell you, uh, you have some additional thoughts about it. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, I was watching this and I was like, this is just so, it's just too, too late. It's just too late for all of this. And, and it's frustrating 
uh, to have what you've speculated confirmed knowing that no additional action is going to be taken. Like I, I found that so exhausting while watching this. And then I have to be told the likelihood of a voter fraud by like fucking Charlie Kirk and, and then watch him, you know, lick Dennis Prager's butthole. The whole thing was just such like a neocon jerk off. I could barely stand it. <laughs> I, I hate it. I wanted to kill myself while I was watching this. I was like, oh, my God. And yes, I understand that there was obviously voter fraud. But is it going to overturn the, the election? Is it going to overturn the vote? No. Is it going to fortify future elections? No. Uh, look at what happened with January 6th. It's like 10 people get led into the Capitol and do nothing, and it's an insurrection. All people wanted to do was was have uh, our concerns validated in a meaningful way by the federal government, and instead they like threw people in jail and charged a bunch of grandmas and stuff, and some yeah. people got killed. Um, so nothing's going to happen. Obviously, there was voter fraud. Um, On a so, very so small, insignificant scale. Yeah. So what is Des Dinesh D'Souza doing? This was just so masturbatory. Well, I can agree that it if you really wanted to tighten up the presentation, there's probably it's probably a really tight 30 minute YouTube video. I know. And it's stretched into 90 minutes of like, like speculation round table and, where yeah, I have yeah. to look at Charlie Kirk's face. Ew. <laughs> it's still it's still worth the watch, though. Yeah, whatever. Um, watch it. I mean, you're not going to find out anything that everybody hasn't already speculated about. And I guess the to the difference making, I mean, the only pushback I could offer is there's been a lot of 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 legislation passed in a lot of states about election systems and security. However, to the point that this movie makes, if you don't have those uh, mechanisms and security in the right places, it might not matter. I mean, again, I'm not I think there are some holes here that a little bit of a few holes that need some uh, need some plugging to make this uh, a little bit more of a conclusively convincing case but um but that's sort of the theme of the movie that that if there was somebody hypothetically out there susan who wanted to target specific markets in order to sway an election it's a small number of very specific places that you would have to do it it's not you know it's nice if montana cleans up our election laws but it also has no practical effect on uh, elections in the future other than it's great to have secure elections here in montana but does it change results but don't you find that maddening that we were right and it doesn't matter? Um, well, it it's, it definitely won't matter retroactively. Like the, the investigations go to go find who these people are. I wouldn't count on that. Optimistically, though, I do think that it will ch change some attitudes about how uh, election law is handled in a lot of states. And that's the best I can say for it. I don't think it's yeah, a total. They, they need to overturn the election results well that's definitely not going to happen no it's not going to happen yeah. i mean but 0%. what is what is justice outside of that uh well there are light shades of of lessons to be learned for the future full justice i grant that's not going to happen just, oh the say. lesson to be learned is to not underestimate the malice of the left i suppose or I, to confuse I can't disagree it with, with, with incompetence we, we grossly underestimated them all right let me uh try this point of optimism for you Gr uh, great opportunity for alt tech uh, yes, Rumble crushed it true. on this Rumble. Uh, so it's been hosted through Rumble and um, locals and locals. They made a million dollars in the first 12 hours. Uh, that number at the bo a box office would put the movie in the top 10 for last weekend, though. It should be noted. The $30 price tag is a little bit bigger than most theater tickets. But still, how much money did Charlie Kirk make? I don't know. I have no idea. The only other thing I'll say is, um, again, uh, I've been talking about this a little bit lately. Beware cell phone geolocation data. The government is using this too. Um, 
just you know, understand that a, a story of similar theme came out right before this movie was was released, just like Dinesh and True the Vote bought cell phone geolocation data to do this analysis. The CDC and other government alphabet agencies have been buying it in recent years to track people. Now, supposedly the data are anonymized. They can't figure out who you are, what dot you are. Uh-huh. But the New York Times and others have demonstrated if you just connect a few dots, if you know literally anything about a person, you can make that person personally identifiable and trackable using the geolocation data. Now, obviously, this is not a call of me saying everybody throw your phone in the lake or something. The realities of modern tech are what they are. Some of us um, submit to that. Some of us don't. I like Internet tech. I like that you tune into this show. Obviously, I'm not saying uh, get rid of all of that. I just a lot of this um people aren't necessarily fully aware of and i'm including myself in that uh, all these apps that have location features when you consent to them you are almost guaranteed to become one of these databases and a lot of times it's not even super clear it says we might sell the data to advertisers give the data to advertisers okay i don't think of the cdc as an advertiser though <laughs> you know it's um just understand that it's 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 licensed for a lot of people you may not like to snoop when you mm-hmm. consent to these things so just be fully yep. aware of that Okay, uh, let's talk quickly the updates in uh, Elon Musk and Twitter. You think he's going to bitch out? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I mean, his gripes are are legitimate. So we put the deal on hold. He's, he's tweeted about it. While there's an investigation into the actual number of bots and spam accounts on Twitter. Um. So what he said was... Uh, like they, they took 100 during this investigation. They took 100 and they said that fewer than five were bot accounts. But he's mm. like, that's clearly not enough data because there are millions and millions of accounts. So he urged people to do their own investigation using a sample size of 100 uh, to see, in fact, how many bots there are. He anticipates that it's much higher than 5%. And um, that changes that changes the value of the company, right? Yeah. The, the well, number of legitimate active users, of course it does. It operates on an advertising model. And if its users are not real people, advertising is not as valuable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, Twitter stock just just tanked. Also tanked 15 percent. Uh, but Musk said in a tweet that he is still committed. To the acquisition um, and Twitter is now accusing him of violating an NDA because he tweeted about this, um, how they check for the bot accounts. Hmm. And so they're like, well, you clearly violated an NDA here. And then he tweeted about that. <laughs> He said Twitter legal just called to complain that I violated their NDA by revealing the bot check sample size is 100. This actually happened. So I, I kind of like this. That, you know, maybe he's going to bitch out, but also he's he's not going to be fucked around, which is something that I like about him. And he's causing Twitter stock to tank. So, yeah, um, you know, something good may come out of this. I don't know he- if I told you this, but I I sent multiple appeals that have been denied for the reinstatement of my Twitter account because they said I am chronically abusive. <laughs> uh, sounds correct. We'll see if I can reach such heights of abuse. I'm not there yet. Um, but yeah, to your point, um, he, I, whatever's going on here, he still has the upper hand. And for Twitter to mess around by accusing him of violating this, that, or whatever, if he walks away, Twitter's value plummets and at the end of this if he walks away and then we actually find out or we find out that actually 40 percent of twitter accounts are just spam and bots yeah shareholders are going to be so pissed off yeah 
Yeah, well, uh, we'll have to keep watching this long term as we uh, have talked about in, in recent weeks. So we'll bring you the updates as they come in. Let's keep it moving, though, and uh, it's time for Hoax Hate. Already? Oh, yeah. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? On the campus of Stanford University in Palo... Palo Alto? Am I pronouncing Palo that? Alto. Yeah. Palo Alto. How else would I say it? Palo Alto, California. Just sounds weird to me for some reason. Anyway, uh, a noose was reportedly discovered hanging from a tree outside a residence hall, and the school has launched a hate crime investigation. University leaders say the noose was discovered last night hanging from a tree outside Branner Hall, an undergraduate dorm. Department of Public Safety officers took it down and are investigating. Students are shaken. It's a terrible situation. Like, it's just really bad and kind of scary to kind of see that on your own campus. It's not the first time a noose has been discovered on campus. In 2019, a noose was found hanging on a tree outside the place where a diverse group of high school students were staying while attending a summer camp. And last year, two loose ropes, also believed to be nooses, were found near a walking trail. Stanford Think Program professor Dr. Amir Hassan Logan says something has to change beyond investigating the incident as a hate crime. One of the things the university should do about it would be to create and to have an actual black studies department on the campus. Let's make some systemic changes as opposed to um, moments of apologies. Ah, uh, yes. You said Stanford? Yes, Stanford. Holy One shit. of uh, America's allegedly elite institutions, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, nooses, it turns out, are blank checks for school programs that professors want to see. I'm sure that has nothing, An entire department. I'm sure that has nothing to do with any of it. Uh, and I'm sure that once the Black Studies Department uh, is installed, the nooses will end once and for all, assuredly. Uh, I... I had not seen i don't know if you looked into this story at all I, I as far as i've seen you'll notice there was no photo of the alleged noose in the video story or any other story i've seen because as far as i can tell there isn't one right. so investigators apparently took it down and did not release photos um if it was ever even there at all the noose was reportedly discovered around 7 45 p.m last sunday night Campus police have interviewed students and maintenance workers to find out when the noose had been put on display and identify any suspects, though no information on that yet. Also, no information on the prior incidents that the report cites um, and the uh, the one before that. So the, the most recent one, no new information on that. The one before that was almost certainly fake or a misunderstood <laughs> rope Bubba Wallace style. So in November 2021, two ropes with loops <laughs> this is reporting in the San Francisco Chronicle. Two ropes with loops. Uh, what's the phrasing here? Possibly to represent nooses were found in a tree on campus. That's meaningless. Two it, possibly rep to represent nooses. It's yeah. It wasn't clear whether the ropes were intended to look like nooses or whether they were part of an abandoned swing or rope ladder. The ropes appear to have been attached to a tree for as long as two years based on the condition of the tree around them, investigators said, <laughs> making it highly unlikely that the rope was a noose. No suspect ever identified because there was no noosing. 
ever committed. And then there's the June 2019 case. Another noose was reported on the Stanford campus um, hanging from a large bush in front of an undergraduate residence. There was a large student protest in response. You know how it goes. Subsequent investigation revealed the rope had been dangling from this bush for five months prior because it was used to hang ornaments, according to witnesses. Those witnesses being landscapers who maintained the property. And again, in this case, no suspect ever identified because there was, in fact, no noosing ever committed. But Stanford just keeps entertaining this. They keep apologizing and keep groveling. And if only we, you know, put a bunch of money, gave that weird professor a bunch of money, this would all go away, I'm sure. We've had a lot of news stories. Um, there was that one. Did you already mention this where they? it was just a, an exercise thing? There, I can't. They run. They all run it together. It was in a wasn't, public park. Wasn't there one with a shoelace or something like that? I mean, there's so many. There was one where some guy had made like a like a swing. Oh, that was Oakland. Yeah, it was like part yeah. of an outdoor gym or something. It was an outdoor gym. That's what it was. And yeah. it was uh, like a the guy who did it was black. He's Man, like, oh the- yeah, I made this. It's not a <laughs> noose. I just like to swing from trees. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure the culprit at Stanford will be brought to justice. And once they have the black studies department, you can, uh, rest assured safely on the campus of Stanford. Imagine feeling unsafe on the Stanford campus. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, I know. If you can't feel safe there, <clears throat> it's just, you're not going to be safe in this world. I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> I, um, I have some surprise cringe as well. And I thought I might've used this as surprise cringe. Because I know I saw it back when it was released. I must have just forgotten. Or oh, really? maybe we already played it on the show and I forgot about that. But I don't think we did. It resurfaced on Twitter this week. So uh, here it is. These monkeys are back at it again. Get ready. What did I tell you criminals about coming back to my neighborhood? I know, Roy. Let's just get out of here. No, Vince. I won't let her ruin our fun. Listen, lady. We aren't breaking any laws by having fun here at the park. I won't let you intimidate us anymore. Are you talking back to me, boy? I guess you forgot who used to own your kind, and I'm about to remind you of that right now. Ah, That hurts! Vince, help! Don't you touch him or I will knock your teeth out. You disabled, crippled piece of trash. No one's coming for you. You and your kind, you are worthless. My mom told me not to be afraid of evil people like you. And where's your mama now, huh? His mama is right here. Nobody messes with my boy like that, lady. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Vince, call the cops and tell them that there's a lunatic at the park going around whipping people. What is this even for? <laughs> so you is this a s- PSA? I don't even... You have what? not seen that yet, I take it. That no. is your first... Okay, that's good. Uh, no, that is not the opening scene to a Jesse Smollett porn production, which I thought it might be. Uh, that is uh, a production of Generation Hope on YouTube. And it was originally released back in January, which is when I first saw it. However... The original video post has since been made private. Uh, there are a lot of reaction videos to it on YouTube, though. And it resurfaced this week after it was um, it was reposted by Myth Informed Milwaukee's Twitter account. And it's so bad. I'll ask you, do you think that that's serious or is that parody? It has to be parody. They can't be serious. 
there's a lot of debate on Twitter. And frankly, uh, well, I, I don't know. I guess I'm not even clear myself. There are people claiming that's parody. However, you go to Generation Hope's YouTube channel. It says Generation Hope is a video series that focuses on providing life lessons and inspiration with the goal of making the world a better place. And the videos are all like, you know, clickbaity videos of similar theme, like person in crazy situation. They're all fictional dramatizations like that. However, it doesn't seem like they're trying to mock progressives. It seems like they're just trying to get like clickbait attention. The title of that video was like racist Karen whips crippled black man or something like that. Uh, I so still don't understand it. I guess my, I guess what I, my read on this channel is a clickbait production. Like it's not even intended to be political satire. It's political only in so far as it pulls clicks and generates revenue. Right. I don't think that it's intended it. to mock leftists. I think it's supposed to be, I guess and ex all the rest of their videos are like exaggerated performances of what they see as like real problems. Racist cop chokes black 18 year old old man kidnaps nine year old girl. Racist cop arrests black police captain. This is their entire YouTube channel. So I don't think it's political satire. I, I don't know that they're actually making a serious political argument, though, either. It's just an all around. They um, can't possibly. bizarre production. But hmm. uh well, but, that was you know, uh, sufficiently cringy, so thanks. The other thing about this, uh, according to the um, Myth-Informed Milwaukee Twitter account, this, whatever's going on here, they're they're still making productions and they have recruitment ads. They're looking for actors and actresses to play parts in their short videos. And uh, well, if ever I saw a role that you were born to play, it would have been the role <laughs> of this Karen. And I'm sad that you missed out on it. I know. But I know. maybe. But then I'd be, people would be making a mockery of me. Well, it's a rough economy. You know, you got to find a way to maximize your income and combat inflation. I, you might give them a call and maybe they'll have a role for you. I'm into it. Okay. All right. Uh, now it's time for uh, the second movie review tonight. Oh, yeah. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is the 1976 Clint Eastwood classic western, The Outlaw Josie Wales, in which Union militants murder a Missouri farmer's family and burn down his house so he joins a rebel guerrilla band to exact his revenge before he flees west to build a life for himself away from the pursuit of the law. From movie picker Michael... One of Clint Eastwood's finest films, in my opinion, you get a strong sense of Eastwood's political views through the story of a Civil War guerrilla fighter turned outlaw turned leader of a growing and eclectic group of settlers. As always, your review and your rating. My review is pretty short. Probably should have added more to this, but I will say it is rare to find a movie with this perfect mix of an authentic and organic love story. You know, they were in a love triangle in real life, the mm. actress and Clint Eastwood. And then that guy, the previous director that he ousted from the film, um, Clint Eastwood won, of course. Um, and then a compelling revenge tale. And then I loved this Indian guy, Clint Eastwood, this odd, this, uh, odd couple pairing. I thought that was a really interesting dynamic and it didn't seem contrived. It managed to do all of this with 
humility and without such explicit violence that it kind of overshadowed the humanity of the characters and of the story, uh, especially the revenge story. Um, I I loved it so much. I did mm. feel like it dragged like a little bit in the beginning of Act Two, um, but I loved it. I am gonna give this a five out of five. Wow, what uh, what do you think? How would you guess I received it? Ooh, I don't know. This is one of those things where I'm like, I'm watching it and I'm like, Matt either loves this or he hates it. Well, I think it was last week you mentioned that we have not had agreement on. Uh, total appreciation of a movie, and here we are to have did you love agreement it? on total appreciation? Um, you know, you mentioned it's uh, like movies that do everything well, and normally I'm pretty skeptical of that because a movie that tries to do too much almost always fails. Like you, you they, can't be dramatic really and funny and thrilling, but yeah. this this movie has depth, it has suspense, and it it really has moments of comedy too. It it really actually does everything well in a way that. Is very rare. Um, And just there, I mean, there's so many things thematically I appreciate about it. Like it it is, it has its funny moments, but it's not the comedy that makes me love this movie. Um, You mentioned the pacing. I did actually love that. It got straight to the point. Like I love it. It's like, (laughs) they killed his son. He's dead. His house got burned down. They could have spent, you know, a bunch of time showing his relationship with his family or something like that. It's like, no, they killed him. I'm going to kill all these people. And he has to go on a murder quest and it didn't waste any time. Just, Slap, you know, slap the viewer right in the face from the start and get it going. I, I appreciated that. I loved that. The writing in this movie is phenomenal, in my opinion. It's got tons of great one-liners that I'll, I'll reference in the review. I love the line, dying ain't much of a living boy. I, I Just the way it was delivered and, and the writing yeah. is excellent. But this scene where Josie goes to confront Ten Bears, the, the chief of the Comanche or whatever tribe mm-hmm. it was. It's one of the most well-written dialogues i've ever seen yes because it, really it is was. so thematically rich but it's only like two minutes long yeah and just I, i'm amazed that they're able to compact so many things of value into a scene like that and have it be coherent and believable as dialogue between two people because it it addresses so much so the the lines i'm talking about this exchange between josie and ten bears Dying ain't so hard for men like you and me. It's living that's hard. When all you've ever had cared about has been butchered or raped. Governments don't live together. People live together. With governments, you don't always get a fair word or a fair fight. Well, I've come here to give you either one or to get either one from you. I'm just giving you life and you're giving me life. And I'm saying that men can live together without butchering one another. And Ten Bears has that great line. It's said that governments are chiefs by the double tongues. And that's really the entire scene. But how many things can I say about that? It's it's the idea that the struggle for life is actually more imposing than the fear of death, which is 100 yeah. percent true. But you still have a moral obligation to pursue it. Um, governments being inherently deceptive and exploitative, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the subjects can't get along. Peace actually being a very difficult effort that requires constant maintenance and attention. Mm-hmm. It's not the natural order of the world. Just complex themes that were woven together in such a simple dialogue. it's legitimately one of the best scenes, one of the best scripts that moment that I've ever seen. I'm totally impressed with it. You mentioned the love story. This was also great timing because I savaged Hawkeye and Korra last week. This to me was a proper love story. And by that, I mean love story from a man's perspective. So, uh, I mean, did did she have any lines? uh, They had some good dialogue. (laughs) Like when he had the, um, the the kinds of sons in Kansas, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sunflowers, sunshine, and sons of bitches. Or sons of bitches some of that yeah. was cool, but 
But Josie leaves to go confront 10 bears. And Laura Lee comes out and kind of yells after him and he just sort of rides off. Right. And it, it, that comes off as like dismissive or cold hearted. And you, then you see it in context later. It's like, what was he going to do? He was going to secure a future for them. He was going to make sure that they'd be safe to build something together. That is a man's love. It's not the sappy dialogue under the waterfall with Hawkeye and Cora. It's, it's doing something. It's building something. It's providing your wife or at least to be wife. Um, with some kind of security that that is how a man shows love. And that's why I appreciated that scene. For a so second, much. I was like, is he pumping and dumping? her?" <laughs> it kind of looked like that. But that's that's what I love, too, is sometimes men showing their love can look bad, but it's actually the exact opposite. It's it's them doing the most important job that they have, which I loved mm. about that scene. Um, this this whole idea that that um, there's just a theme there of going with your words, but preparing with your guns. I loved that. That he's going off to see 10 bears. He's going to talk his way out of what is a potentially deadly situation. And he does all the while. Everybody back at the cabin is preparing in case it gets a little more hostile. And then it does get hostile, but not because of 10 bears, because of a yeah. different threat that they didn't necessarily see coming at that moment. The, the bounty hunters. You go with your words, you use your words, you prepare with your guns. And Josie Wales did that perfectly. And lastly, um, just the, the moral obligation against the black pill. As a, as a whole, the movie is just it's a lesson of encouragement against discouragement, I suppose, against right. the black pill. They might burn down your house. They yeah. might kill your family. They might chase you to a barren wasteland and still pursue you um, further and forever. But it doesn't mean that you give up. Mm -hmm. And Josie Wales could have saved himself a lot of pain, a lot of struggle by taking one of those revolvers that he was using it for target practice after they killed his family. He buries them. By just shooting himself in the head. But who else would have suffered in addition to him? It, it would have been everybody he helped along the way. Yes. Yeah. And and so I love that line that he has with 10 bears. It's living is the hard part. D dying is the easy part. But that's why you pursue it is because everything that is great is difficult. And even if you're entire, even if your your family's killed, you got to build a new life. There's something else on the other side of that. And I just I loved that that storytelling and it, it really puts not that our problems these days aren't serious. They are, I believe they are, but it just puts that in perspective. It's like this. I know this is a fictional story, but there were a lot of similar struggles at the time that people had to endure. Mm -hmm. People have gone through a lot worse than we have, even if what we are going through is serious and threatening. So That's true. It does help keep things in perspective a little bit. The only negative thing I had to say is totally petty and stupid, but I, it's not even negative because it's probably accurate. Laura Lee shooting the rifle with the stock under her arm, which is hilarious. This total chick form, which again, I don't think that's necessarily, I could totally see a chick shooting that way, but she's also a great shot. She picked off all those bounty hunters yeah, yeah. with horrible form. So Yeah, but that's just part of the Hollywood, you know, you have to think that the good guy is just going to take yeah. out more people than the bad guys. And I'm okay with that willful suspension of disbelief. Yeah. It's a very minor point, so I'm not going to dock points for that. And it is a five wiki movie hey! for me. Yeah. We love you. You're very special. When Let's see was what the, the last uh, time that we agreed on something like this? I think maybe V for Vendetta. I don't know if you gave that a five. I can't remember. I think you I might have docked it, it a little bit. I like bit. that movie. Yeah. I don't know that we've had a, a agreed upon five for a while. 
So, and I totally, after seeing the good, the bad and the ugly, which I liked, but you know, these old movies, I, they tend to bore me. I was kind of expecting to roll into this one and be bored. Not at all. I enjoyed the, the full it was a presentation. Lot of fun. A yeah. lot of fun. The early vote, uh, loves Josie. Um, 64% of the early vote, giving it a five Oh, and good. nobody giving it a one and one bastard giving it a two. So you know who you are out there. You can't, you can't defame Josie in this way. Uh, next week, we have The Hunt, the 2020 movie Seriously? about um, elite liberals who hunt conservatives or something like that. All right. I don't know that much about the movie, but I do know that I want to see it. And uh, so we will watch that next week. And then the week after, this is a very special occasion. So as I mentioned, there are five Sundays in May that creates this special one-time opportunity. We're now one year into the movie bit. We have never actually considered my personal favorite movies, at least by my own nomination. So for one week and one week only, my personal favorite movies are up for the vote. Really? The, the nominees are Jurassic Park, Dumb and Dumber, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Ugh. Napoleon Dynamite. Duh! Okay, here's one. Gran Torino. Okay. Yeah. Maybe here's another one. Joker. Yeah, these, okay. these are all fine, fine movies. The Revenant. No, yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have seen okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, MacGruber. I have not seen that. Okay. I would have nominated Idiocracy and Black Hawk Down, but of course those have already been selected and reviewed. And I will note too, all of these have, I have fond memories of all of these movies, but I also have not seen some of them for years or even a decade plus. So just because I nominated it does not mean that I will give it a five upon rewatching presently uh and of course um if you think that all of my movie picks are terrible you do have the option as usual to reject the list and and make a and vote for a top rated random selection instead let's see what people are man i i don't like to sometimes i don't like to see how people are voting because i don't want to skew people's votes one way or another but early leaders jurassic park grand torino and joker which i kind of thought the more serious movies would are more likely to be picked uh so if you have an opinion, and remember, this is a one week and one week only opportunity. You got to head over to my uh, Josie Wales review, which is linked in the description. Scroll down to the poll for the next movie and uh, you can vote there. And I will also mention we've had some technical glitches with the polling in the recent in recent weeks. So if it's not letting you vote, if you get an error, you can uh, scroll down to the view poll results as I did here and then go to view poll at the bottom. And that will take you to the straw poll website. And sometimes you can vote there. If it's giving you uh, trouble. So try that out if you're getting any kind of error uh, message. But once again, one week, one week only opportunity. If any of these nominations suit your fancy, head on over to my Josie Wales review linked in the description and cast your vote. And if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is Matt Christensen media.com. And that will do it. Wow. A little bit past the hour, but we sure fit a lot in the stream tonight. I know barreled through all the information. It's been a crazy news week. Yeah. Crazy. It seems like there's been a lot of them lately. And I'm sure as we get closer and closer to the campaign season and the election, it's going to get even crazier. I hate to name drop, but I was out to dinner yesterday with uh, Brittany Pettibone and Ooh. Vince James from Red Elephants. Wow. Millennial Matt, do you remember the guy that pulled off uh, Tim Pool's beanie? That was... Uh, no, no. It was really. an iconic moment. Anyway, I'm out to dinner with all of them, and they're all talking about the shooting. 
I ha- I only hadn't read the news in like six hours. Yeah. And like a whole thing had happened. Yeah. They're like, you don't know about this yet? Yeah. Like, yeah, come, come on. Like the news cycle just turns over so quickly sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, that was a story about how I was hanging out with cool people. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Long Don John. How many wikis did you give oh, 2,000 mules? Oh, good for you. Did I just talk to that sounder? I give it a... <laughs> two wikis. Oh, I wouldn't give it a two. I, I would give it a four. Ugh. If it was a, a, a tightly presented 30-minute YouTube video, I'd probably give it a five because it's information that, that nobody has assembled yet. So, But it doesn't change anything. Well, That's I don't know that you can hold them to account for that. You have to hold politicians and law enforcement and all the rest to account for that. Dinesh I, I might and the producers. one point because of Charlie Kirk's face. Okay, all right. And one point because of Dennis Preger's face. <laughs> what about Sebastian Gorka? Ugh. You know, my wife and I, when we we drive around and Sebastian Gorka's uh, radio advertisements come on, I think it was her who said it. I always have to credit her because her jokes are better than mine. She said that Sebastian Gorka sounds like a bad impression of Paul Joseph Watson. That's what his normal voice sounds like. Sebastian Gorka. It's Dr. Gorka here doing a bad impression of PJW. That's. uh, Have you heard this leaked audio from PJW? Oh, no. What's that about? It's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Everybody has to listen to it. I listened to it like 10 times yesterday, but it's just like, like hilarious strings of racial slurs. No shit. It sounds like some pillow talk. I think somebody got him, you know, I think it got honey potted. He got, it was probably a project Veritas operative. That's who it was. Oh, it's so funny. You guys, you got to <laughs> listen to it. It's just, it's just hilarious. Um, Robin D. Banks, my fellow geraniums to drop indigestion. I'm sending VP cannoli hair lip to get babies mm. for Formula One. They're cars, man. They turn into robots. We got to get more gas, man. More beans. <laughs> POTUS. <laughs> that that could on, be a, a real quote. It won't be long. <laughs> Boogie Man 917. Cheers. Cheers. Slasher. Hail to the king, baby, says Ash. Uh, are we talking the MAGA king? What king? And what Ash? I'm already out of the it. loop. I don't know what's going on. We've already missed a whole uh, it's over my cycle. head. I'm so... I, you know, past two hours. That's my only excuse. Ishmael Riviera. I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Buffalo Blaster did not kill himself. Yeah, I wonder mm. what's going to happen with this. I bought Piana. Big donation. Thank you, sir. No note. We appreciate that. Robin D. Banks. Uh, Matt and I you. once Hold made. On. He, has to get his, he has to get his proper oh, credit. I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you. Matt and I once made cookies. He came out of nowhere, blasting away, leaving no rounds unspent, taking me out instantly as I was down for the count. He said, I'm not fed a fed and dropped a manifesto i hate all of you i hate all of you why are you gay why are you gay too bad we didn't get all those other faggy sounders in they were so good (laughs) i can't even describe i can't even describe them it sucks Uh, ben trubisky we knew that we needed to have my wife be a stay-at-home mom when we got married. Now with a three-year-old boy and a one-year-old girl and the state of this country we know it's the best for them and she homeschools Mm. That is true. Yeah, that is uh, that is the proper plan. And congratulations to you and your family. And, um, you know, obviously uh, we're parents of young kids in this situation, too. And not that it's ever easy, but I do I do feel the stress of society and politics and all that um, in a way maybe I wouldn't have in a different era, I suppose. But uh, but at the same time, you know, speaking of um, fighting against the black pill, it's it's almost impossible to spend time with your child and be truly black because they they force your hand they don't allow it you gotta you gotta provide for them 
So yeah, they're so snuggly too. I yeah. a big flop. The dude was looking at furry porn right before the shooting. I want to get off Mr. Bones Wild Ride. Is that true? A few people dropped that in the live chat. I don't know. I haven't seen any information on that, but I, I could believe it, I suppose. He he does rail against porn in the manifesto. He tells people to stop watching it and how destructive it is. But then again, as we mentioned, he's kind of hypocritical in a few different ways. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was right. hypocritical in that way. Mark Laflamme, when it comes to your humble beginnings, you guys cut yourself short. You're the best thing on the air these days. And I don't say that flippantly. It's quality from end to end. And that's why we keep coming back. That's not true. It's because um, of the chronic abuse you get. <laughs> We wouldn't be anywhere without the chronic abuse. Twitter is missing out. Thank you, Mark. Thank you appreciate, that, uh, appreciate appreciate your support and keeping us running. Mm-hmm. Bill McPherson, congrats on six years, guys. Been here since early on-ish. And I love you both. Glad you can keep it and enjoy watching you both grow in family, spirit, and in perspective. Has been my pleasure every Sunday. We love you, Bill. Well, thank you, Bill. And of course, all the best to you and your family as well. I hope uh, Bill has a young child as well, and I hope uh, everybody's doing well. Philip Hayden, we had a great time in Austin last night. Good people, too bad we couldn't lure the Houston folks to bring mm. us crawdads. Don't you guys have some kind of blood feud? I don't know. Are they rivals? That'd be interesting. Um, all I know is goes. that Austin is supposedly really great and Houston supposedly sucks terribly. Isn't Austin like the Portland of Texas, though? I've never been to. I think I've only been to Dallas. I liked Dallas. I, I couldn't tell you much about Texas at all. Uh, Hillbilly Deluxe, happy sixth anniversary. You didn't mention that Kamal also referred, uh, referenced the new normal. Man, bitch just snuck that in. We thought we wouldn't <laughs> notice, but we did. Did she really? Yeah. I, I guess that got past me. That's, that's how rhetorically masterful she is. She hypnotized me with her uh, repetition about working <laughs> together, and I just I lost track of what she was really saying. <laughs> Robin D. Banks message Chank. It's super obvious you're into horses. There is well a lot wrong with that, but get over it. Get over it. You're making their lives dangerous. Hashtag can't say nay. Well, and that's kind of the understated part. Um, Jank says like if you've slept with a bunch of trannies, there's nothing wrong with that. Isn't there? I mean, kind of. Can can we make a few points? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I guess. I guess we'll go with nothing wrong with that. Trapped to the world, Democrats. Freedom is too inefficient. Only central planning can save us. Baby formula stops existing, Democrats. This is your fault for not being easier to centrally plan. Yeah, well, if there was a central plan here, it's pretty crappy. If the central plan was shut down the major plant for months, I think it's been since February. They haven't been producing at all at this major plant. Yeah, Yeah, good, good central plan. Long down, John. Um, We got a baby formula shortage in Australia years ago caused by... The Chinese buying it all up and to export back home at a premium. Is it playing a role in U.S. or are there laws against that? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I do know that there was some media coverage on baby food formula shortage back in 2020 on Fox News and CNN. So hmm. this should not co- have come out of left field. Yeah. Well, and this um, and and that's probably like even this specific plant that's that's causing a lot of problems right now. That's been. As I mentioned, it's months of non-operation now. So that you can't be surprised about that. Yeah. No, months of non-operation for the plant that handles all this this massive government contract. Yeah. Or series of massive government contracts. What do you expect? Yeah. Mm. Um, Long Don John, I just read that. Uh, Bahina Fam, 100% false flag. It was all a distraction from the huge drop that probably won't even get mentioned on the show. 128,000 e- emails from Hunter's Laptop. CP corruption, meth hookers, all available. Yeah, I knew that. I actually didn't even see that, to your point. I should check it out. 
Uh, I knew that, but it is a it's a major data dump. Hmm. So I'm gonna have to wait for somebody else to go through it before. I... Hmm. <laughs> Do you remember with WikiLeaks? I would, every time, every day, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that was that was motivated blonde back then. That yeah. going through the WikiLeaks, blonde thought that there was hope for the future, and she was gonna find it. I thought that there was something <laughs> in those WikiLeaks, and I was gonna break the case yeah, yeah. wide open. So sad. So hopeful back then. Robin D. Banks. I completely disavow violence. That said, consider BLM riots, three dozen murders, 2.5 billion in damages, little accountability, if any. Waukesha, Waukesha, Waukesha. Waukesha. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I can never remember. Um, CNN, and then one day for no reason at all. I know. I know. Uh, this this is counter violence. Some people would argue. Some people would argue. Not me. Ah, th- thank you for clarifying to keep us clear. If this show avoids Susan, uh, it's an, uh, we did a masterful job. But um, no, this this truly is not counter violence. All right, I, I don't believe that. It's retarded. These were just people going about their day. Um, it seems tra- so, as far as I understand. The yeah. world, fascists and white supremacists have always had environmentalist obsessions because they believe the environment belongs to the racial collective. It's a key part of the blood and soil mindset. That's really interesting. Yeah, I suppose. Um, because Tekazinski also did. Hmm. Oh, I seem to align with him more than this guy. Um, John A. The manifesto glows harder than Ray Epps. Ain't that fed, the truth? Fed, 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 fed. <laughs> That's Ted Cruz, right? It is. Uh, Bane Coop. This is a fed op. Parents in 2018 found feds provoking their schizo. Some we yeah. didn't touch on that briefly. That was the story that I saw referenced, but I haven't looked at it. Um, Stedman Wheelis, seriously, why aren't you more popular? You're the best political talk show without 1 million subs yet. It's like Alabama Arsenal, great gun reviewer without any subs. Seriously, want your opinion on this. Uh, part of it is that I've totally lost motivation and then Matt got memory hold. And so he's been at 224,000 subscribers for like a year. They have locked my, ch- like whatever Susan is doing with my channel. And again, I will always say, Thank you for the kind words. I, I don't say I don't describe this stuff as though I'm owed more traffic or subscriptions than I am. I love working hard to hold the attention that I have. And I appreciate all of you for being here and, and listening. Of course, that said, there is obvious meddling on my channel. The oh, idea, yeah. the idea that I've been locked at the same subscription count for like a year. Uh, <laughs> no, that's just that's not real. What I don't know what Susan is doing with numbers. Um, you know, that that said too, like. I think it's fair to say that um, this show, there are topics and themes that aren't necessarily the most accessible to uh, your some of your people dipping toes in alternative perspectives. How about that? That's the that's most, true. I don't know that it's uh, it's not the it's not the it's not the cleanest. <laughs> And that's a whole host of things. It's it's also just people would tune in and be like, why do the listeners uh, constantly write gay love notes to the to the host? That's true, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, but we have this really great audience that we've built. Too. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's it's not about like I don't feel like I have to. That's one of the reason I don't look at numbers is I don't feel like I have to have plus one tomorrow to be satisfied. I just I want to have a, a safe and stable home where I can do what I want to do. And, and this audience has provided me with that. So I love doing it. It's not a and I don't look at, at anybody else with envy or feel like I, I'm owed that. Why do they have this? And I don't it's like I, not on my mind. I love making what we make yep. and <clears throat> going to keep doing it until they don't let us anymore. 
Who yep, knows when yep, that'll yep. come? By the way, I am doing a video tomorrow. No way. <laughs> I am. It. I'll believe it when I see it. I have an interview with Survive the Jive at 9 oh. a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So like a, are you are you live streaming or recording ahead of time? I'm live streaming. Oh, wow. Good luck. 8 a.m. Is that what you said? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. That's pretty early for you. I'm surprised you yeah, agreed I'm to not that. happy about it, but yeah. I really want to do this interview, so... Um, why be Nick dude tortured and beheaded his neighbor's cat and then posted it on 4chan clearly a perfectly mentally well young mm. man this guy did I hadn't heard that either so I maybe there is that. maybe there is some legitimacy to not mentally well person who maybe some particular interest took advantage of I don't know I mean it's not it's not implausible to believe that he was legitimately radicalized online either it's just I, it's, I will never discount the political interests that could capitalize on such people totally uh, doesn't matter. Look up uh, Nyserpa versus Bruin. Um, New York is on the verge of losing the case and will force county licensing officials to issue, issue CHLs mm. to people who have passed all checks. Yeah. It'll take them uh, from May. Form May issue to shall issue. It's it's, it's about concealed carry uh, law. So that's one of the cases that's coming down from the court. We talked about it on the call-in show a little bit. Um, and... This is it's a case that could potentially establish an individual right to carry, though. That's probably yeah, a long shot. Potentially. Some people I, were saying that. Um, I'm not clear. I know on the Wednesday show, I was told it was New York City, but it, this New York St- is it's it, New York State. It, if it's is New York State, this? then that's also sort of awfully coincidental timing with what's going on right now. We were going to decide the rights of people to carry in New York State. All the while, a guy goes on a crazed shooting and nobody is able to carry to respond to him. Interesting. Yep. Um, Bain Koof. I also heard that uh, armed guard was shot in Buffalo. Fun fact, Safe Act forces non-police to only have seven rounds and ten round mag. Ugh. Each one over is a felony. What? I do know that a, a security guard was killed. That is true. That is retarded. I didn't know about you that. You can't even fill up a ten round mag? I didn't know about that ammunition requirement, but Jesus Christ. Brian Stelter, professional potato something. Um, why didn't the federal government solve the world hunger with that $40 billion? Or is Elon Musk the only one who can do that? Also, potato, potato, potato. Uh, Yeah, I forgot about that argument. Why aren't you fixing everything with the money instead of... Uh, that? I, I actually had forgotten that the numbers are directly comparable, too. It's about $40 yep. billion dollars for Twitter and about $40 billion going to Ukraine this week. Odd number. Jeffrey Epstein left. No, no. Thank you, sir, ma'am. First name, last name. I'm not saying that this admin is trying to destroy the country, but if they actually were trying to destroy it, what would they be doing differently? Happy anniversary, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yes, that is the question we should all be asking, eh? And thank you. Uh, But yeah, pretty much every move they make is a disaster. So at what point do you actually attribute malice? Evan Bouchong says the GOP cry and complain when the regime wants to print money and give it to the American people to fight over the stimulus, but send 40 billion to Ukraine without question. Both parties hate us. Yes. I think you're on something there. Yeah. They hate us. There's a lot of inconsistency on all sides. I think you're completely correct about that. And you have to wonder, I, it's such a dumb, there's no way these people love Ukrainian democracy so much like that they're willing care, to yeah. abandon all of their priors and all of their alleged principles. There's just something else. There's some other reason they're all in favor of it. The world will probably never know, though. It's like how many licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. It's just a mystery you'll never solve. Yeah. I am offended. Have either of you looked into children's vaccines? Looking at the data seems almost identical to COVID-19 in many cases. Many not a huge risk. Vax shows no different. Hmm. Safety info was almost non-existent. Yeah, they really can get a lot of information about... um, 
cigarette usage and stuff. But in terms of even past, uh, not, not necessarily the COVID vaccine, there is not a lot of information about vaccine injury, although they should have been able to compile it based on the metadata by this point, you know? Mm. Uh, it's really frustrating. I have not looked at the data because I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah. I decided that a long time. I'm, there's no, I don't care if it's, uh, no, there's a 0.0% chance I'm giving that to any of my kids. No, I mean, and now I'm at this crossroads where I'm like, I guess I can't vaccinate my kids, or my next kids with anything at all. Mm. Well, I, I could, I, in the interest of time, I will leave that for a later date. But, but yeah, I mean, we're also, you know, as you enter, once you're given the paperwork of everything they want to give your kid when your kid is born, I, I want to be rational about it. And we have tried to as parents, and I don't want to just be a knee jerk reactionary to my skepticism about the coronavirus vaccine. That said, uh, it's a lengthy menu. There's yeah. a lot of things they want to, they, and, yeah. it's, and it's increased over recent decades. So apparently the threats to children are much greater today than they were say, they 30 years be, ago. Yeah. Incompetent hands. I, for one, love the call-in show, Batman, Magic Sky, Fairy, Orwell's Ghost, I Know a Fat Guy. These are the great minds of our generation. Sure, the hosts suck, but once <laughs> you get past them, it is worth it. I agree. Uh, thank you. And they are, they are in fact, uh, excellent guests, and we love hearing from all of them. Uh, so uh, point taken sincerely. And, of course, Batman is the great voice of our movie review intro. So sure? love to hear from Batman always. Knuckle hunky buck, get out, go, go out in a blaze of defense, Susan. Maybe we will one day. Uh, to disturb 2K7, uh, happy anniversary, guys. May 15th was my mom's B day, and I graduated from Navy basic training seven years ago today. Oh, wow. It's a good day to share. Congrats. Love you guys. Yee, Congratulations. Uh, happy birthday to your mom, and uh, thank you for your service in the Navy as well. Swinecraft, the U.S. taxpayer has more to gain if uh, Ukraine fails. Falls to Russia. Hmm. That's probably true. It has more to gain if Ukraine falls. Uh, well, maybe we just stop sending aid at that point. I guess I guess I don't fully follow. Why do we? When are we the... going to turn against the federal government? All of us. And um, stop paying taxes. Well, that, you know, that, that we all is, did it. That is the most morally defensible resistance is to agree to organize on that principle. Swinecraft, you send a duplicate message. We can send that money back to you. Just shoot us an email. Knuckle Hunky Buck, keeping a daycare in a federal building is like putting up human shields on a castle wall. McVeigh aimed at the right target, but the news pushed the children in the story. Hmm. I, but it that's, was, a, that's an indefensible position to me. He killed a bunch of, a bunch of kids. Hmm. If you've gone too far for Blonde, you've gone too far. Oh, Knuckle I love Timothy Buck. McVeigh. He was right about basically everything. <laughs> um, but this thing of like, oh, people are only going to hear me if I care all these, care, yeah. if I kill all these innocent people, it's preposterous. Hmm. Hillbilly Deluxe regarding um, Herb Ever. Ever. Yeah. I'll quote my favorite Star Wars line simultaneously as something you never want to hear in Coitus. Get in there, you big furry oaf. I don't care what you smell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. Uh, well, I, I don't think I've ever heard that one. I don't think I want to, to your point. Moving on. Uh, Damasi in the mover says yet another orthodoxy pitch. No popes, no pedos, a thousand years older than Catholicism. The one true church, the real deal. Come on now. Y'all orthodox Montanica this summer. Um, there's mm. no way there are no pedos. There are pedos in every church mm. in every church, but you know, that's, that's not a deterrent because there are pedos in every organization. So you can't just not go to church because there's a pedophile. You just have to root them out and, um, beat them to death. Mm. 
AP says, it blows my mind that you two normal human beings, given how you prepare for your shows, are more of journalists than everyone at CNN combined. Law, keep up the great work. We will try to six more years. Cheers. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I don't know if it's for lack of effort. I think it's just for lack of, well, it's because there's a, a propagandistic agenda mm, uh, over yeah. at places like that. They, it's not hard to find and compile the information that we're presenting. It's really man, not. Ma- it's manifesto or anything else. The only thing that makes it hard is the banning of it on the internet. Um, I appreciate the, uh, the kind words, but, um, I get a lot of news from the left because, uh, I'll read leftist articles about like, uh, the police shooting today, for example. And then it's so, I've gotten so good at being able to tell what is and is not propaganda that I can basically get the truth from the left. Well, well that's, I suppose. Yeah. I, I like to dabble in their, their coverage as well, but, uh, most of the time it's a deliberate, um, omission of things or like, I don't think it's laziness. I think it's an intent to get you to believe a certain thing. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Mika Brzezinski. I mean, think about how much work it takes to get drunk every single time. Well, I, I suppose there's a lot, there's a, um, a lot of liver labor that goes into that production. Yeah. Uh, Eric Burns Marsh. Please tell me if I'm being too tinfoily right after the repeal row opinion gets leaked. There's infant formula shortage or infants in the new Kulaks, the new Kulaks. And are we witnessing a newborn hollow I wow. hope you're being tinfoily. Just sewing Dark. it all together. But uh, the timing, always think of the timing. You must, with any good conspiracy theory, you must think of the timing. Logan Orr, gentlemen, I'm sorry to announce my old friend Randy Weaver from Ruby Ridge has passed away. Just remember, say no to Sog. Hmm. We did talk about it at the top of the hour. God bless Randy Weaver. Um, Iceman Heat Boy, love you guys. And as an official Baltimore Black, you both have the N-word pass. (laughs) I will be using that. He said the N-word. I'll do it. Okay. It's like Joseph Rosenbaum had that too. Never forget. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you for that. Chris Hines. What's the D's mascot again? Oh yeah. A mule. Very ah. similar. At least. Ah. Thunderstorm. All your life. You've been in a left, right cage when you're ready to break free. That's true. I, I just, your, your intellectual world opens up so much when you stop thinking in this left, right paradigm. Yeah, and I, I think that, uh, of course, I, I would want to stray, stay as true to principles as possible. And over time, it's possible that different tribes or ideological factions become more aligned with those principles or not. But uh, I certainly, whatever the Republican Party is today, like I take them only insofar as they're a better alternative to Democrats. But I'm, uh, like, I don't think there's any time I'm ever going to be a Barely. party loyalist, you know? and especially with this Ukraine shit. Yeah. It's like, how am I supposed to take you guys seriously when when you claim you're all about solving all these problems that Biden is is creating while you're still participating in the massive spending problem for something that produces no American benefit whatsoever? In fact, it produces American harm. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Paul Nyholm says, Nyholm, sorry. The GFN should eliminate family member drop-offs because it was limited to people who went out of their way to nonprofits and also 10 plus drop-off locations. Uh, okay. Yeah. I hadn't, so this would be the idea that the way they did their methodology would eliminate the possible family, the, the guy who was just dropping off 10 of his brothers and sisters ballots. Um, yeah, there were certain limits. I don't know the exact methodology of how they defined their areas, but I know that they, they tried to exclude people who typically traveled in these areas before the election season. So maybe they're, would be some way that that I guess I'm not entirely clear on why that would necessarily exclude people with big families, right. but perhaps there's something I'm missing there. 
Um, William Littleton says there are only four days a year when the American flag is flown at Hatstaff. Today is one Peace Officers Memorial Day. Biden ordered all flags be lowered this weekend for Rona victims instead. Mm. What? Yeah, I heard about that. That's uh, I did not hear about Peace Officers Memorial Day. Uh, in fact, I heard about half staff for Corona victims. And Biden, uh, I remember him saying, hey, if a quarter million people died from something on a president's watch, he has no business being president. Three quarters of the figure they're citing died under Biden's watch. Biden's watch, yeah. A jackass. By the way, Esoteric. we are past the bottom of the hour, but I, I have time to hang out if you do. Yeah, let's finish these up. I'm almost done. Esoterica Unbound. Over the last two weeks, 12 black folks were murdered in Baltimore, 120 since the start of the year, but without a white killer, the end of their black lives matter matters only to loved ones. This is racism in the 21st century. Now, very selective in the uh, in the selection of the, the lives that matter, to your point, yes. It's true. Matty, oh, hey, guys. Um... Fuck 2K, uh, 2000, 2K mules <laughs> and the neocon sea of lies only for I trust is you guys and Henrik and Lana from Red Eyes Blonde. Why are you so caught up on your age? Lol. I'll take you and Lana over Sydney Watson and Lauren Southern any day. Yeah. You know what's depressing? I think I'm 10 years older than Lauren Southern. Wow. She's 20. She's 24, isn't she? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. Cause getting older sucks. Like I used to be all hot and have a tight little body and now i've got these like flapjack mom titties and my ass <laughs> is a disaster you know it's a bummer but it's the trade you make it's a trade totally to make worth it for, for your kids yeah yeah so all you simps out there that are like nudes win you don't want them you're never gonna see them you don't want them stick to uh, photoshopping them yeah you know? photoshop put uh, them in the put- discord when you're done <laughs> Yeah, totally. I'll Photoshop Lauren Southern's nude body on uh, Okay. Uh, Glenn Davis, did either of you notice the furry boat guy, fairy boat guy, got furries on the mind, literally change his tune, Dixie or battle him, depending on who was on the boat. Uh, yeah, I thought that was very, very funny. I guess I didn't notice that. <clears throat> but that was another thing about the movie that I appreciate. I didn't touch on it because we kind of talked about it last week, but I liked that the, the union militants were the bad guys and there was sort of some sympathy or some relatability presented for the confederacy again not because i want the confederacy to be the good guys but just a demonstration and it's fiction i get it but just history is much more complex than we're presented and you know you think about all these kind of like ragtag confederate bands like that a lot of them how how many of them were actual slaveholders basically none and how Mm -hmm. many of them were fighting for reasons entirely independent of the issue doesn't necessarily mean they're right i i suppose but it just means again, it's it's a more complex thing than good guys versus bad guys. Yeah, you know, yes, it is, it is. Um, das Pooch, I was willing to forgive a lot regarding Matt's lack of culture for film, but Dumb and Dumber and MacGruber, no, dude, just no. Shock therapy might be necessary. The, the, hey, it's his week. They are both fantastically hilarious movies. However, I made those. Uh, selections kind of expecting that they probably weren't going to get picked because I'm guessing that people would be more interested in analysis of serious movies than just like, haha, they made stupid, you know, jokes in that one. And I liked it. Yeah. Um, Copperhead, no note. And last one is Gizmo 79. Keep up the great work. Austin is the shame <laughs> of Texas. Maybe. Thank you for uh, keeping us on the air. Let me see uh, if we have any updates over here on uh, Tippy Stream. Again, thank you guys over on D Live. Just a couple on. Um, over on Tippy Stream, and then we'll call it a night. Raggle Fraggle says, Matt and I once made lunch. What the f- He stuck his meat between my buns, and then he did the unthinkable. He slapped a slice of Kraft Deluxe on top. 
Uh, well, at least you're I acting queer. At least I finished it off properly because Craft Deluxe is a fantastic cheese. No disrespect, uh, as we've discussed. No disrespect to other cheeses. I'm not saying that you're not entitled to your fancy aged cheddar or whatever the hell you want. But Craft Deluxe yeah, does wonders on many a sandwich. Hypnagogic Monk says, how do we reconcile Lacey's Law? Unborn victims of the Violence Act of 2004. I assume that's Lacey Peterson probably, huh? With yes. even considering abortion a right, the two are in direct conflict. God bless you both. Well, yeah, I don't think I don't think pro-life people have a conflict on that, to, to your point. And I don't think you're suggesting that. But uh, I would love to hear, not even a gotcha, just somebody who is a very uh, a pro-choice person, let's say believe, your typical pro-choice person who, say, believes in abortion for any reason, maybe even through the second trimester. How would that person reconcile that view with the idea that, if the mom was murdered in the second trimester, that you would count it uh, in a prosecution as, as two yeah, murders. Double prosecution, yeah. Or would they or say double, it shouldn't be? Yeah. Would they just say it, that's that's a single murder and a double murder would be improper prosecution? Maybe that's how they resolve it. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, maybe there are explanations out there that I haven't heard, but I imagine that's the way it would go. Thank you for the thoughts, of course. And uh, I think we're all set. Let me double check really quick. We are good on Tippy Stream. We are good on D Live, which means we uh, are good for a show tonight. Anything else before we get out of here? No. All right. Thank you guys for staying a little long with us. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Appreciate it as always. Um, appreciate the super chatters. Appreciate uh, the live chatters. Everybody hanging out with us live. Appreciate you as well. If you're listening on demand later, thank you for tuning in and supporting the show. If you can't get enough, remember there is more to listen to, including Blonde's interview set to return tomorrow morning on her long lost YouTube channel. Uh, we have all of those materials up on the audio platforms of the podcast. You can find them linked in the description as well as over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. Speaking of, if you're looking for anything show related, you want to find the merch shop, you want to find the movie reviews, you want to send us a message, you just want to find the show, it's all on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. We will be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it is not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Bye, guys.